Legionnaires, and welcome to episode 107 of RPG Digest. In this live stream formatted podcast, we provide deep dives, fundamentals, and overviews of tabletop role playing games, and we comment on the tabletop RPG hobby as a whole. I am John Maxley Auschlow, your favorite curmudgeon, critic, and judge. Along with me, as usual, is the host who escapes into his own representation, finds entertainment in his own activism, and is inclusive only of himself. Brett, Heath, and Dog Grissomer. How are you today, sir? Well, obviously, I'm in my own head, and it's the greatest place on the planet. <laughs> Best company, most intriguing. I am the most interesting man in my world. <laughs> All right, well, uh, now that uh, you've taken over the show because you're the only one that matters, uh, tell us what we're doing today. All right. Today, we're going to look at uh, some more. So the last of the book for Nightbane, we're going to look at the Nightbane factions. There are factions of Nightbane, and we're going to look at the Nightlord minions, all of the little creatures that you are going to fight because you're not going to actually confront a Nightlord because you're not stupid. But Hell. these things, well, okay, your you're, you're player characters, you might be stupid. That's, that's <laughs> entirely possible. Did you but not? All, did you miss last week's segment too that you were even yeah, on? Are you a bad game enough. master talking about fair death enough, of PCs? Fair, <laughs> fair enough. But these are the creatures that are going to be hunting you. These are the creatures that you are going to be fighting to stop the evil machinations of the night lords or at least you know slow them down because this, this is a this is a world bereft of hope <laughs> give you that much so there's gotta be a little not, hope otherwise they, you may as well just give it up and not play yeah yeah there's a little hope i mean not of winning so much but of slowing down the progress maybe i don't know and then for our segment two it's rainy day segment two Stuff that uh, Max Liao has kept in his back pocket for a rainy day. And apparently skies have not parted and it is raining. So we're going to do something like that. And then in segment three, we're going to bring people in, talk about what, whatever we're going to talk about. Cause he never tells me about segment two and anything about <laughs> night Bane that we spoke of in segment one. And while we are talking about what we're doing, we're going to talk about what you're doing. Have you tithed today? The Holy Legion needs your money oh i was wondering why i have these backward just like all of the all of the television evangelists we need a private jet for the lord max Liao needs a private jet for the legion i just need no i just need a new computer my computer is dated 2014 i can i can get you a computer better than the one you have right now for a thousand dollars yeah that's not saying much <laughs> I, I november when the new amd stuff comes out i'm looking at that Oh, you're going to go AM5. Okay. Yeah. 
because right. uh, because Nvidia and Intel are pissing me off. Yeah, fair enough. So at least at least if I'm to believe Jay's two cents. <laughs> And well, well actually, and, a few other, uh, and not, gamers nexus. Yeah, and gamers nexus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Bitwit. I didn't. And, I didn't uh, watch that one. Okay, and uh, uh, Paul's Hardware. They all they all have their own their own take, which is the same song, different verse. Yep. About Nvidia. So I hope AMD doesn't go. Huh. Maybe we could just jack up the price a little bit. Nobody will even care because we're still no. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so how was your week? Did you do anything interesting? interesting well the glasses saga continues for all, all of you three people out, out in the world that actually care uh, i got new glasses tried them on they were not done correctly um the focal point has to be where your pupils are up down left right they do a measurement i did the measurement and i put in the measurement properly but this one was fine this one was sloth up here so un unless i wanted to wear a superman shirt and say hey you guys a lot that was not going to work out so I sent him back and instead of getting the, the multifocal stuff, cause it didn't work for me, I was able to, with the store credit, cause you get hundred percent store credit on Zenny. I was able to get two glasses backup and a, a regular and a backup and they're, they're different. So I will let you decide next week. I should have them either Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday at the latest. So next week I will let, I will let the internet decide what my daily wear glasses are going to be because they, they are different styles. So look forward to that next week. You will get to choose what I wear on a daily basis. It's almost as good as, as tattooing internet memes on my forehead, but not quite. Everybody, make sure you vote for the clown shoes one. <laughs> I, neither of them are bad. Oh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Uh, as far as uh, my week goes, I don't even remember what I did. I know I finished scripting a video. Oh, I was on Gate. No, I wasn't on this week's Gatekeepers. That was last week. Last week. Yeah, it was last week. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, my days are all blending together right you now. Ruined, because... You ruined an internet comment that I was I was sure was going to happen this week that I did not comment on in 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 YouTube on purpose. You Which ruined that? it by spending two uh, two and a half hours talking about no, it Friday. No, I only talk on these comments here. I only talk about what what people comment on the video from the week before. So that would never would have came up uh, in our comment section. Oh, I mean, we so. could have made it a whole segment too. Uh, but like I said uh, uh, earlier, I wanted I wanted other people. We talk about hashtag RPGate a lot. I wanted other people to see what their takes were on hashtag RPGate. Um, but, uh, what else, what else was, uh, the only thing that I did that was significant this week that I can remember <laughs> is, uh, like I said, I, I scripted a video. I haven't recorded it yet. And I went to the gun range yesterday and shot 250 rounds out of my, uh, P320. And I probably shouldn't have shot 250 rounds. <laughs> when you haven't shot in over 20 years, 250 rounds, first of all, 250 rounds goes by fast. Yes. Second, and that's about eighty to ninety dollars worth of bullets at yeah. the, at the at today's prices. Um, but I couldn't figure out after about one hundred and fifty rounds, I was noticing that my arm was shaking. Like, 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 what the hell is going on here? I was like, is it caffeine? No, because then it would have been a problem at the beginning. Uh, and I ate. I wasn't feeling any sort of caffeine high or anything like that. What the hell? Like, okay, I did notice one thing. I started gripping the gun tighter. The more I shook, the more I gripped the gun tighter. So maybe that squeeze is causing that yeah. shake. 
And that could have been part of it. No, what it was is uh, muscle fatigue. Yep. Muscle fatigue up here yep. that I didn't realize until I hit about 200 rounds. Then I'm like, oh, okay. And by the time I left, I was like, oh, God, I feel like I got a shot. <laughs> like, <laughs> So it's funny because uh, the, the guy even remarked, he said, you haven't shot in 20 years? I said, a little over 20 years. He said, you got a nice grouping. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> by the time I was done, he's like, you know, I can correct your form for you. <laughs> like, like I was shooting like, you know what? I, I'm done. But it's one of those things where it's like my wife's like, are you done shooting? I'm like, I still have some bullets left. <laughs> like I want to shoot them all. So anyway, that was, that was fun. Uh, went out there. It took about an hour and a half to go through 250 rounds. And um, I, I, I actually thought I did pretty well. I mean, that, I don't want to show anybody that last target. <laughs> but uh, other than that, uh, no, I thought I did fairly well. And, you know, the, I, the I, last time I shot, I think was 10, 12 years ago. And uh, I, I only I only bought 100 rounds. And the the first uh, 80, I went right handed. And they were OK. I mean, they're not great, but I, I, I it, it took me about 40 rounds to, to get my gun grip right. Mm -hmm. You know, because that, that's that's really my big thing. I don't you know, if, if I don't grip it right, I can't aim right. And it just waited. Finally got the grip right. And like, OK, there it is. And then the last 20 rounds, like, yeah, let's try left-handed. Like Helen Keller shot that gun. Jesus Christ. It was awful. <laughs> I didn't hit anything except an innocent bystander. If it were real life, I would have hit a girl or something. I don't know. but It would have been bad. <laughs> so number one, don't do. Oh, Matt. Sup, nerds. That's right. Thank you. For, thank you. You know what? For $2, you can call me a nerd all you want. I'd say you could do it for free, but then you would. So for $2, yeah. anybody $2, can call yeah. me a nerd. Fine. Fine. It's fine. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, my, normal. My thumb, uh, my thumb skin field. Yeah, she was putting in bullets. I'm like, why aren't you using the speed loader? Oh wait, I was using the speed loader. <laughs> oh, there you go. But no, it was it was fun. Uh, my my wife shot her first bullet, bam, right on target. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, and then beginner's after luck. that, we won't talk about what happened after that. Well, beginner's luck is a thing. It, it, she, so she. You know what? She 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 wasted her first lucky shot on on the not yeah, insurance. That could have been me. You could have got insurance. Might know you'd be in prison. But uh, mm. <laughs> the, the the one thing that happened, and I'm not trying to call. Remember, she's from Japan. She's never shot before. Don't give her crap. But uh, she was there, and she's holding the gun, and she's pulling the 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 slide back. What do you do? Just pull the trigger. Like I thought she had a jam or something. So I'm looking at it, and she did. She caused a jam by doing that, right? So I was yeah. like, okay, you're ready to go. So she pulls it back. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, just pull the trigger. <laughs> like, she thought she had to charge it every time. Like, oh, I didn't realize you didn't know that. Oh. And well, so, you yeah, know, there, makes... there's some things, you know, being an American, you just assume everybody knows. Like, everybody knows how to fire a gun. <laughs> like, so. <laughs> Except for people who, they're not allowed to have guns. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. So, but, uh, nope. Uh, she did all right. And uh, we need to get her. She, big thing for her was getting used to hearing the pops and all that, especially of other people shooting around her. So that was all good. So, yeah, we came back. Okay, well, let, let's, let's back into all that. Uh, what, is, what is this? Coco Shuko, if I had four million American dollars, I would spend one million of it to blackmail you into saying whatever I want you to say. <laughs> all, it, it takes less than a million dollars to ruin an average person's life. So I don't know. A million dollars doesn't go as far as it used to. I said, I'd still, average, that's why I said average person. I'd still have to keep my job. Oh, for a million bucks. I could, I could pay a bunch of people to make sure you lose your job. 
plant drugs in your car oh i, I see what you say say um that'd be a neat trick like going to my boss or whatever but yeah okay yeah something like that yeah, yeah. yeah. All, yeah. all you have to do is, is is have a security clearance violation and you're gone yeah and that's easy if someone is really really determined to end your career they'll do it that would actually be one of the harder ones only because i'm very like overly careful to the point where some people are like oh my god dude who the fuck cares i do <laughs> like that's that's uh but there are other things yeah yeah like you said they put it the planting the drugs in the vehicle or something i mean yeah there are people who know how to pop open those doors and do shit like that yeah yeah, yeah that's that's not hard and uh just smearing smearing a, a little bit of uh of drugs underneath your your fender a dog will catch oh, that yeah. sit yep. search your car and boom there it is you're done yeah yeah a um, couple announcements for uh, what's what's coming up in the future here. So, want everybody to know, pass the word along because uh, I didn't have Discord this um, open this morning. That's why you didn't get a notification. I was working on okay. something, and uh, so there's no notification for this. But on Friday we have the members only stream. That's right, 6 p.m. on Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. We have the uh, a members only stream, and we're going to talk. About, I have a big box of stuff that I have my dice bags on right now, but a uh, uh, big box of things right there that I'm going to open while we talk about other things as well. It's not just going to be the unboxing. Uh, I'm thinking about giving away a TTRPG book. We'll see, because you know Heathen Dog loves it when I give away more money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> of course, it's going to be an ask us anything as well, and uh, we'll have some announcements to to also update you all with. So. You got anything you want us to talk about, especially you members? If you're not a member yet and you want to ask us something or you want a chance at uh, this giveaway, now's the time you can become a member. Yes, it's uh, it's uh, Etherfields. Uh, if anybody hasn't checked out, you can type in Ether as in you know the Ether Bunny, uh, and Fields as in you know outside gr green grass. Ether <laughs> Bunny? Huh? You know what the Ether the Bunny ether is? Bunny? <laughs> are you a, are you an evil 1920s doctor? Yes, <laughs> but uh, uh, you can see you can take a look at that Kickstarter and see all the fun stuff that uh, I got there. It might be interesting, might not. I don't know. I don't care if you like it, Crafty. <laughs> anyway, uh, after that, even though there wasn't supposed to be a public Friday ch uh, chill stream on the same day that we do the uh, members only stream, I screwed up and uh, my screw up becomes your benefit. Yeah, I said that like a question on purpose. Ryan Howard from Rolling Bones is going to be on the show and one of the things that he wants to talk about is hey let's uh, have a discussion about narrative style versus simulationist that sounds like fun we can do that don't know how long that specific conversation will last but we'll have a few people in like we do on friday chill stream and we're going to talk about uh, games that are more simulation groups that are more simulation players that like more simulation style versus players who like narrative style and well, i think i'm somewhere in the middle personally but uh we'll, we'll see what goes on there do, 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 do. On oh, on the twenty sixth. That's tomorrow. Ethan Dog and I are going to be on Rolling Bones channel, so we'll be talking with Reinhard. I should probably reach out to him, and say, "Hey, like, what's the link? What time are we doing this?" Like, I don't yeah, know. I don't. I don't see a time yet. Like an actual time. Time. <laughs> like when do we start? I don't know. I think it starts at eight Eastern. Okay. Eight Central. Right. I don't know. Eh. <laughs> that's good to know. Yeah, he's, probably should have got that information you know. up front. You know. <laughs> Funny thing is, I've watched his stream a few times. I think it's 8 Eastern, 9 Central. That's a little late, but I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. It's going to be tomorrow night on Rollin' Bones. R-O-L-L-I-N apostrophe Bones. 
check that out. You'll want to watch it. And uh, he's a good host. So uh, he's got a bunch of videos. He's, uh, he's already interviewed a bunch of creators, uh, people in the OSR community. So uh, yeah, check that out. Do, 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 subscribe now and you'll get notified of us being on there tomorrow. To, to, to what's next on october 2nd heathen dog's going to create a character talk more yes. about that next week but the, he'll be uh, for segment one he's going to create a character next week on the 9th of october so the week after next week we're gonna have sean owen robertson on here roberson robertson i don't know how he goes by um and, you know, as the, some of you may know, he's the heir apparent to Kevin Simbita over at Palladium Books. So he's going to come in here. He's going to tell us about his history, what he loves about gaming. He said he's ready for the challenge of people taking him on about Twilight Legion. I might be overselling that a little bit. But uh, if you've got anything that you want to ask Sean Owen Robertson, please post that on our Discord. We don't have a lot of comments. Not like we did with Kevin. We had a ton of comments for Kevin, so we had a bunch of things to choose from. Uh, would love to know what questions, what comments, what concerns you have for him yeah. so that is, we can ask he, him. Is he going to turn Palladium into a card game? I don't know. That might be a concern for you. If that's a concern for it you, please. For Turning it into a card game? Yeah. We use cards for initiative now. All of Palladium-wide. Fuck you. All of Palladium-wide. <laughs> Uh, see uh, do, 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 do. 16 october what the hell does that say oh 16th of october we start riffs and yes. riffs is going to take us to the end of the year why probably well, first, so riffs is no joke yeah riffs is big, is big but yes. we also have a couple weeks in there first of all one of the sundays is on christmas and this weirdo likes to celebrate crap with his family for some reason so christmas is out Right? Uh, right. We plan on, we hope to have during that time, Kevin Simbita and Sean Owen Robertson back to, together to talk to us. And we hope to have sometime in there in November ish timeframe, we have to get this narrowed down to have Mark McKinnon from Bessem on. Uh, so I know that's not palladium oriented, but you know, as if you know about the Mark McKinnon surgery and, and the, the, the bit of a fundraiser, I guess you'd say that we did for him. You know, it'd be good to have Mon to help announce his Kickstarter. There we go. We'll just say it that way. So yeah, it's going to interrupt the Palladium stuff, but I think it'll be worthwhile and it'd be good to have him on. Hopefully again. On. These... What's that? Before you continue, I'm going to answer this question. Is Nightbane and Beyond the Supernatural good alternatives for other horror games like World Darkness, Vampire, and Cthulhu? Uh, not Cthulhu. There, There is no better horror RPG than Cthulhu. Oh, I disagree. You can disagree all you want go 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 find down the bridge i don't care but uh for uh, the world of darkness uh either vampire mage werewolf wraith whatever um yeah yeah i would say i, I would say so uh nightbane and beyond the supernatural have are 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 the first uh rpgs through palladium that we've done this year that that rely more heavily on the horror factor mechanic and the insanities not not as much as cthulhu does but it leans on it a little more than many of the other Palladium games. So yeah, I, I would I would say that uh, Nightbane and Beyond the Supernatural are good for World of Darkness. But if you want true horror, Call of Cthulhu can't be beat. Not chill or cult or anything. Can't, Cthulhu can't be beat. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. I just got a couple more notes left. I already said that. I already said that. I already said those. Oh, Billy. Nope. 
that was pretty much everything for the upcoming events. The main thing for me is we've got now two weeks, because two weeks from today, Sean Owen Robertson is going to be on. So please, yep. please, 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 any questions you have for him with regard to, and look, we can even ask some uh, Savage Worlds questions if you want as well. Not really as versed in it, but if, if you have those concerns or have those I questions. Mean, he is, so he can answer them. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> we'll sit here and be like, it's a great question. <laughs> Sean, the, yeah, right. The focus is going to be on on his background and how he sees Palladium and how him and Kevin bond so well. And of course, like I said, because Twilight Legion is something that a few people have had questions about. It's funny; had a lot more questions until uh, found out he was actually coming on the show. Then all of a sudden, those questions dried up. So, I just want to do one more shout out, one more call, please. If you will have questions for him. Post them on our Discord in the suggestions channel, and we will go through them and bring them up. Otherwise, you're just going to have to deal with our stuff. And if you, your question doesn't get asked, why don't you guys ask them about this? Didn't know you cared. Didn't so I have a list of cared. questions. Don't get me wrong. So any any updates you want to give before I go into proclivities, or are we ready to go? That is it. Hit the proclivities because we got to go. All right. RPG Digest provides two segments of TTRPG overviews, fundamentals, opinions, and commentary in segment one. What do we do in segment one? I don't know. We do things. Oh, we provide family-friendly read-throughs, overviews, and fundamentals of tabletop role-playing games. In segment two, for the purposes of thought-provoking entertainment and education, we provide eh, potentially, no, it's not safe for work, <laughs> editorials, opinions, and commentary on the TTRPG hobby and the people involved. There's something for everyone. We welcome you to watch both segments or just watch the segment you like the most. I want to thank all of you wonderful people who help us through donations, tips, memberships, super chats, super thanks, and tithes. That's right, the tithes. Oh, Your support helps us provide giveaways, produce more content, and generally give back to the Legion Myth community as a whole. You know, I think I'm going to put some Gregorian chant behind there. That'd be yeah. a good idea. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. <laughs> and of course, we cannot ignore you crazy rascals who subscribe to Legion of Myth and hang out with us in our chats during these live streams. I haven't been calling off people's names recently. I was told that most people don't care. So yeah. there you go. That's why I haven't called your name. So but we see you there. <laughs> so whether you're a chatter or lurker, we appreciate you taking the time to be here with us. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national, nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. The Wounded Warrior Project exists to raise awareness and to enlist the public's aid for the needs of injured service members. To help injured service members. I want to do my Kirk right there. To help injured service members aid and assist each other. And to provide unique programs and services to meet the needs of wounded warriors free of charge please refer to the description below for the link where you can make your tax deductible donation or use your cell phone on the screen right there and hit up that qr code all right for segment one today heathen dog is going to talk to us about minions i'm sorry knight okay, night lord minions and night bane factions right did i get that in the right order you you did and right. wrong order. We're gonna do we're gonna do factions first and minions second. Oh, the Nightbane factions. Gotcha. Yeah, the Nightbane factions are you know uh, dirty little guilds that you you as a Nightbane can be part of. It not it's not just role playing. It also affects what skills you have because certain factions teach their members certain skills. And then we're gonna talk about the Night Lord minions. These are the creatures that are actively hunting you, and you are actively killing to try and stop the machinations of the evil night lords in taking over the world 
So let's go ahead. Do you think this is worthy of one video or do you think you're going to have it long enough for two? One video. I streamline this bitch. All right. So if you refer to the description below, you can find links to various Legionist sites, our social media, Discord, merch, etc. Please check those out. Join us and enjoy the swag. That's right. I use the word swag. <laughs> Join us on Thursdays and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth to watch He the Darkness team of amazing lackeys, heroes, adventurers, boomers, play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. On Fridays and Sundays, stop by Legion of Myth YouTube channel where we live stream fundamentals and overviews of tabletop role-playing games and provide opinions and commentary. Hey, that's what we're doing right now on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Please like, subscribe, and leave a comment on this video. Both help the channel immensely. I know you guys don't like it when YouTubers say that all the time, but you know what? You don't understand how much it really does. A simple like really helps out the channel. If you're not done so, please subscribe to Legion of Myth. And finally, we believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds and that the focus of your tabletop group should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of hashtag RPGate are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural organic inclusion, not force diversity and oh this is segment one i'm gonna interrupt heathen dog because i like to make his life hell and it's not gonna yeah. be a lecture so we're gonna tangent we're gonna talk about cats and space opera and no we're not all right no, we're not doing that. <laughs> let's start let's that off the screen <laughs> share there you go share there oh, you go. slide this over here i can subscribe for no cats i can subscribe for no cats there you go uh close all right so uh, while he opens up the PDF and goes to page 16, right. I'm going to tell you a little bit, uh, a little bit about the Nightbane factions. Uh, each faction has a core purpose. Some of it is just uh, helping helping Nightbane who've just you know come into their powers, understand them, keep them safe while they learn how to use their powers. Other ones are actively against the Night Lords, go against all of their evil machinations with force. Others are made up of ex-CIA, FBI, NSA, DEA people who were all fired. And they, they formed their little underground called the, the Spook Squad or whatever. And some Nightbanes have joined that. It's all, you know, it's all very, very, you know, factional. And just like World of Darkness, where you have clans and houses and, and tribes and stuff like that, not every faction gets along with every other faction. So you as a game master have to decide what factions you're going to allow your PCs to take, because if they take a faction that is diametrically opposed, both, both philosophically and materially against another faction, well, it's going to be instant, you know, player character friction. And why would you start your game like that? That's stupid. Don't do that. Battle Lords of the 23rd century does. Yeah. Well, they do it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so scroll down a little bit and you'll get to Nightbane factions. Oh, you just, okay. Just, I got it. I saw Nightbane and stopped. <laughs> I understand. All right. So uh, we'll do a little, uh, do a little, uh, uh, backstory here. At first, the Nightbane were disorganized, traveling alone or in small groups, hiding from authorities and giving little thought to anything other than survival. Some of these independents are still out there, but they are the most vulnerable and short lived falling easy prey to the night Lords and their minions. And we're going to talk about why when we get to minions part. Eventually, however, the newbies or night babies, as they are sometimes known, <laughs> run into. Yeah, yeah, it's it is derogatory, but you know, it's it's hazy. It was just funny. Course. Like somebody actually typed that on here. Like I would start yeah. typing that and be like, "Ew, <laughs> night babies." <laughs> it is it is a it is a hazing type thing. 
run into the larger groups of Nightbane. These groups commonly called the factions are loose organizations that operate on a regional, national, or even worldwide scale. The factions vary wildly in power, numbers, and goals. Some of them include humans, sorcerers, and even vampires and other supernatural beings in addition to Nightbane. Got so, a question for you. Vampires shoot. are something that has been brought up a bunch of times. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm going to go over them after the minions. Just, oh, just then to I'll touch shut up. On them because they are not necessary to play this game. They are an add-on if you can fit them in. They are not necessary for to play Nightbane. Not <laughs> at all. All right. We're going to scroll down to the resistance on the right side of the next page. Left side of the next page. Sorry. Yeah. Right there. Left side. The resistance. A little, a little higher. A little, a little bit higher. Oh, higher? Just, How much just higher are we going? Just a touch. A little bit. This one? Top the page. Oh, you... It's... There you go. I just said, the is that resistance. The <laughs> okay. I wanted that. The resistance. All right. This is the largest Nightbane faction with members throughout the world and nearly every city in the United States. The goals of this group are simple. To Wolverines. organize Nightbane and oppose the Night Lords everywhere. This is the fighter group. This is the group most likely the majority of your player characters are going to be part of if you're using factions at all for PC characters, because you don't have to. You can use them as NPCs all you want, but they are a little more trained than your average Nightbane in combat, hit and run tactics, ambushes, setting traps, stuff like that. Sabotage, all that stuff. They, they're more trained in things like that because their job is to stop the Nightbane from taking over the world even more than they already have. And hopefully, fingers crossed, actually Wait, Night Bane or Night back, Lords. Yeah, push them back to their to their own world, the Nightlands. You you said you said night uh, to stop the Night Bane from taking. Oh, I'm over. sorry. So, stop, stop the Night Lords. I'm sorry. You're right. Okay. I, that was misspeak on my part. So uh, rather than you know read all the stuff that I already read, we'll we'll scroll down and every single Resistance faction. If, if we look, has a campaign and role-playing notes. At the bottom of the page, you'll see a campaign and role-playing notes. These are, I'm not going to read them all, but I want you to know that each faction has their own thoughts and feelings about every other faction. And some of them don't get along. So like I said, as a game master, you have to decide what you want your players to be allowed to be into, which faction they are allowed to be. And it gives an example of how they think of the Nocturnes, the Seekers, the Warlords, whatever. We're not going to go over that. So we're just going to keep scrolling to page 19 in the Nocturnes. Left side. There we go. There we are. The Nocturnes seem to have seem to have existed before Dark Day, but nobody knows for how long. They are enemies of the Night Lords and are constantly attacking their servants and minions and disrupting their plans. Their membership includes not only Nightbane, but also human sorcerers, vampires, Wamp vampires, which are the crying vampires, and other supernatural <laughs> beings, including some other denizens of the Nightlands, like you know, doppelgangers who have turned traitor against Night Lords. In fact, the Nocturnes have the highest number of vampires of all the known Nightbane factions. Okay, like I said, I'm going to touch on vampires, but it's going to be a light touch because you don't really need to use them in your game. But the nighttime is the right time. Exactly. For a vampire, you're absolutely right. The big thing you have to know about the Nocturnes is they are like the Resistance, except they're not just Nightbanes. They're also human sorcerers, you know, and uh, maybe maybe some ex-FBI, CIA guys also for training purposes, stuff like that. You know, they, they're, they're a uh, multicultural group against the Night Lords, whereas the Resistance is all Nightbanes all the time, burn Night Lords down. That's what we do, 
you know, blood makes the grass grow. There you go. <laughs> and vampires, like, uh, okay, I'm going to get into the vampires later. But we're, we're going to move down to the next page, the Underground Railroad. This is the oldest of the Nightbane factions. This has got me working. Yeah, basically this. Uh, organization that exists. It has had many over names over the centuries. The Underground Railroad was adopted during the 19th century, inspired by the network that helped escape slaves in pre-Civil War U.S. Like that organization, the Nightbane version offers protection and shelter of, to their kind while teaching them about their nature, talents, and how to survive and hide from humankind. Okay, here's the thing. You, you do not want your player characters to be an active part of the railroad faction. Why? Because the railroad faction does not fight. They don't. They don't what fight anybody. What if you role-play group? Then... Then why okay. did you roll a monster character? <laughs> exactly. Why'd you roll a monster that is phys physically more, more powerful than 90% of the things in the planet and not fight? I don't understand. But okay, whatever. Their whole job is to find newbies or, or night babies. I'm going to call them and say that a lot. Night babies. <laughs> I'm going to laugh every time. Uh, bring them into the railroad. Uh, get them to a safe spot to teach them how to use their powers. Teach them what it means to be a nightbane, how to hide themselves, how to, you know, scavenge if you have to, how to assimilate into society for short periods of time to get, get what you need and get out, keep moving on. Because once you do become a nightbane, you, your aging either stops or greatly slows down. Mm -hmm. So you can't stay in the same place for long. So the underground railroad will teach you how to make a new identity, how to execute the move from one place to another, assuming this new identity being seamless to the, uh, you know, the authorities at large, especially the night Lords. That's their job. That's their deal. And then we'll move on to the warlords. They're going to be on page 21. Still on the left side. So you're good there. There you are. Now the warlords are the worst faction in this whole game. The warlords, basically, they they don't fight the Nightbane at all. They don't help people from the Nightbane. They just use their, I'm sorry, Night Lords. Ooh, I, keep, I keep doing that. I'm sorry. I keep doing that. Up from the Night Lords, they don't care. The world can burn. They use their Nightbane powers for personal gain. Most of them are either former or current gang members. And once they, once they became, once they woke up into their Nightbane powers, they decide to use that to increase their territory power and influence. They only care about night lords and their minions when it affects their bottom line. And just like every gang, they're into all kinds of illicit things, drugs, prostitution, guns, whatever. You you interfere with their money stream, and then they're, the warlords are going to come after you. But that's all they care about. They don't care about saving the world. Let it burn. At, at least I have a pile of cash to you know cushion my fall when the world goes to crap. That's just just as a reminder for folks, um, we have a video on it that uh, describes the difference between Nightbane and Night Lords. But remember, Nightbane are the good people, Night Lords are the bad people. Using the word people <laughs> loosely. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit loose. A little loose. Okay. And then we scroll down to page 22. And we have the Seekers. There we go. Human cultures throughout the ages have been fascinated by magic and the occult. By the end of the 20th century, most people thought that magic was mere superstition and fantasy. Unknown to them, sorcerers and arcanists have been practicing the mystic arts in secret. 
The Seekers are an ancient organization of sorcerers who are becoming active in world affairs for the first time in centuries. Now, this is the first faction that is not mostly Nightbane. They're mostly human sorcerers and mystics. But anyone who can sling spells or has psionic powers can be a part of the Seekers, which means there are Nightbane RCCs. You can be a sorcerer Nightbane or a mystic Nightbane and be part of this faction. That's fine but these are mostly humans that are guilty because they knew magic was real. They could prove it, but they kept it secret because they were afraid of what people would think. And then the dark day happened and they're like, damn it. If we just told people this could happen, they might've had some kind of defense against nah, it. Y'all would have been burned at the stake as witches. Exactly. And... <laughs> that's exactly what would happen. You're hundred percent right. But uh, they feel guilty about it. So now they become much more active going against the, the night Lord's plans uh usually not by force but more subterfuge you know hitting it from angles you know stopping stopping their 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 plans in some in some way that is innocuous but extremely effective usually like that so if if you want a more guerrilla tactic hit and run in and out being invisible type uh type resistance cell then this the seekers is your deal then we move on next page this time it's on the right side. The Lightbringers. Is this Earth Dawn? This is not Earth Dawn. Oh, okay. And scroll down. Scroll down. The, the Lightbringers, the, they're, they're named, that name comes from another RCC in this book that I do not recommend you use. I do not recommend its use. But if you make a story that is pivotal for it, then that's fine. They're called the Guardians. And I'm not going to go over their entire thing, their, their entire RCC, uh, but since we're here, I'm going to talk about it right now. The Guardians are an RCC in this book that are uh, small albino humans. I'm talking average of five feet, white hair, very, very pale skin, uh, very, very pale blue, pale green eyes. And they have, they have, well, light powers. They, they can create, you know, shields and, and blasts out of, out of uh, seemingly light energy. And uh, they have supernatural strength. They have precognition. They have, they, and, and they, they seem to be immortal. Well, ageless, not immortal. You can kill them, but it's hard. But uh, when they become guardians, they lose the memories of their past. Oh. They, they know they used to be human. But now they're not, and they don't remember anything about being human. So they have very little in the way of skills. They have very little in the way of, of knowledge of the world because they lose literally all their memories, not just episodes. How does memories. that transformation happen? Is it willing? It's, it's unknown. It is it oh. is unknown who or so what. So it isn't like you go in and say, you know what, take my memories away. I'm ready to do this. Exactly. No, okay. it's not like that. It, no one knows how it happens. Maybe there is a palladium god somewhere that's doing it to try and help because the guardians won ingrained purpose is to defeat the night lords it's ingrained to them not just the night lords all supernatural evil so it's a pretty good theory that some god or supernatural being of good is creating guardians on the planet to fight the night lords and other supernatural evil that would destroy it it's a good bet but not proven and the light bringers are any nightbane or humans, whatever, anyone who rallies under one of these guardians' flags. 
you know, follow the guardian's lead because the, the guardian, uh, 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 if, if this were like medieval times, they would be called angels. Okay. They, they would be easily mistaken for, you know, King James Bible type angels, not like, you know, Jewish angels, which are just horrendous monsters, but you know, <laughs> King wow. James Bible angels. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then we go down to the next page on the right side. We have the spook squad. <laughs> Ghost facers. Ghost face. No, the, the spook squad is a group where nightbane and supernatural beings, including magicians, arcanists, and wizards are in the distinct minority. In this case, the spooks refer to the members of special agencies like the CIA, NSA, secret service, and the PAB, the very secret paranormal activities bureau. So much so that we haven't heard about it until just now. <laughs> These spooks have been forced underground by the machinations of the night lords who are now fighting against them. These former spies, law enforcement agents, and soldiers know that alien beings have taken over the U.S. and pretty much other global governments. They know little about the nightlands or exactly what the aliens are, which sometimes handicaps our efforts. Still, they are very well trained, equipped, experienced, and dedicated. So if you are a part of the spook squad, you can be even as a nightbane, and you are going to have a skill set that is more geared toward spy, sabotage, you know, uh, in information retrieval, counterintelligence, stuff like that. You're going to have a skill set that is more toward that than based in just in your face combat. So again, this will help tailor your campaign. And then we move to the others. Which is going to be on the left side of page twenty-seven. Hold on, I got to I got to show this picture. There oh, we show go. The there we go. That's the Spook Squad, baby. This reminds me of this is so eighties Predator right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, on on the right, that's uh, that's Vasquez from Aliens. Oh, there, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, where are we going? Oh, the others. There we go. There it is. Besides the Baal, which are the, the Night Lords, and the Nightbane, other supernatural creatures live on Earth and, like humans, have been affected by the invasion. The supernatural beings of the world are, if anything, at greater risk than normal humans because the Night Lords make it a point to destroy or enslave them. The Baal don't want any competition, and such beings as vampires and sorcerers represent a threat that must be dealt with before humankind can be fully conquered. Okay, I don't recommend this because the, the main... Uh, not not the main, but many, many members of the others are vampires. And getting in bed with a vampire is basically asking to be murdered. <laughs> it's stupid. Especially as a, as a human. I'm a good vampire. I would never no, be a human. No, you're not. I don't care. Actually, in, in this game, you cannot be more good than un, un, unprincipled or un, unscrupulous. The, the very, very bottom edge of good. Which, which, whichever one is the very, very bottom edge of the good alignment. That's the best you could possibly be because how sane can you be if you have to drink blood to live? Human blood. You can't even drink animal blood. You can't. Oh, wow. Okay. That's good. I, I mean, I, I actually like that as a limitation because I always felt that the animal blood was a cop out. Yeah, exactly. You have, you know, how, how good can you be if you have to do that? Not very. So I don't recommend this at all. At all. Keep it out of your game. All right. And uh, let me see if we can find the skills. 
So I, I can show you the difference in skills and it's not there. I'm gonna should we, go should we go through some chat? Yeah, go, go ahead and go through some chat while I find it. All right. So, all right, Darthic, going all the way back beginning here, Darthic says the vampires are just another faction wanting Earth for itself. So yeah, vampire intelligence would help against the Night Lords. Yes. But then, you know, even if you win, you have a vampire intelligence on your planet, which means you lose. <laughs> you just lose. That's a good question. Fat Gamer says, uh, I'd love to see what the resistance would do to Max's character that had a horror factor of 22. Uh, the resistance would, would take him in because he's also an amazing fighter. So yeah. much SDC. All, all he need was a, a decent strength score. And he would be he would be a frontline tank. They could not pass him up, could not. So uh, Kukushko, uh, I'm not saying the last name. <laughs> Warlords were an OCC for Nightbane too, or RCC? Is that no? Were, the Warlords are a faction, and uh, the if you have a faction, it it alters your skill base. It doesn't alter your uh, your your RCC. Because if you're a Nightbane, that, that's a racial character class. You can't have an OCC on top of that. The Guardians uh, don't fit that well, I don't think. No. Uh, they're Well, they could fit, but it's more like pounding a square peg into a round hole. I mean, it can be done, but I don't recommend it. Ravenser said he came to the channel, but uh, he got a replay video. What the hell? Heathen Dog, the next time you gatekeep Ravenslayer, don't let him know. <laughs> oh, okay. We would never Shh. gatekeep Raven's Lair. Shh. Quiet. Uh, Lightbringers are the antithesis of uh, to the Night Lords. I mean, at least in the name, they're they're not they're nowhere near as strong. I mean, yeah, they're they're strong, but they're not Night Lord strong. They're they're not alien intelligence strong. So, uh, no. Weird guy. So the Spook Squad has Mulder and Scully in there? Yes. Yeah. Uh, also about the Spook Squad, Men in Black is a good reference. Yeah, that, that would be a good one. That'd be a good one because uh, they're they're mostly humans that, uh, that, that found out that uh, aliens are real and they've taken over. So, yeah. And the last one that I clicked on was... Uh, uh, when you're talking about vampires and the alignments, he says that's vampire. I don't know the difference between the two, so I would no, no. Yeah, well, like I said, I'm, I'm going to touch on vampires at the end, and uh, you you can be a secondary vampire that has escape control from your master, and be up to uh, unprincipled or unscrupulous, whichever one is the bottom of the good, and still be okay, but you still got to drink blood. So how okay can you be? Okay, now we're going <laughs> to go to to page uh, eighty nine. Basic Nightbane skill package. Okay. Now, this is what your basic Nightbane RCC, you're not part of a faction. You're just a Nightbane. These are the skills you get. Now, the reason you get these skills and you don't get to choose a lot of them is because usually when Nightbane transform for the first time, they're in late teens, early 20s. So you're going to have high school or a couple years of college education and that's it. And then, then you have to basically be on the run. So you don't have time to go to, to go to trade school and learn some stuff. So this is what you get. Basic math, native language and literacy, computer operation, one domestic skill of choice, one electrical, mechanical, science, technical skill of choice, limited by prerequisites. 
hand-to-hand combat must be selected as an other skill. Now, remember, mm. as a Nightbane, when you transform into your Morphous, your, your Nightbane form, you get hand-to-hand martial arts for free. Mm-hmm. But if you want to have any kind of hand-to-hand combat in your normal human form, in your facade, then you have to buy it. I get bullied every day by everybody on the street. But night banes, what are night uh, night lords show up? Rawr! Exactly. <laughs> die or die in a hole. You know, like whatever. Fine. All right. And then you have RCC related skills. You get 10 other skills. Select uh plus two additional skills at level two, two at five, one at eight, and one at twelve. The all these new skills start at rank one. They call it level one, but Max likes to call it rank one because it's it's more, you know appropriate and you get to choose any from this list only but let's say you are in a faction just go to the right yep go, i, th- I thought you right. were reading below for some reason you weren't nope yep let's go to the if you're in the resistance or spook squad nightbane packet you know n- n- nightbane faction then you would have these skills instead because the resistance and spook squad would teach you fighting tactics that they use so let's let's check it out uh math basic radio you got radio now native language computer operation pilot a vehicle of your choice first aid one weapon proficiency of choice you get hand-to-hand basic you can upgrade it using other skills to expert or martial arts which is pretty common for palladium games yes and your your related skills you get eight other skills instead of ten and you get two additional at three, six, one at nine, and twelve. And it can be any from here. Now, notice espionage is any, mm-hmm. whereas before espionage was wilderness survival only. But you know these are all trained, you know, will you know spies. So yeah, to, spook squad and yeah, resistance squad. They're trained spies. So you get any military skill at five percent, any espionage skill at five percent, any rogue skill, any weapon proficiency, any you get all of that to choose right out of the gate, which is great. Which is great. And then you get... If you're going for a more combat-oriented character, yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely more combat. And speaking of combat-related, let's go to the Warlord, which is on the right side of that page. Warlord skill package. If you want to be a gangbanger loser, (laughs) not caring, not only that the the Night Lords are destroying the planet, taking it over, but, you know, that that your fellow, at least maybe in your mind, former former human friends are suffering because of it, not only that, but you decide, you know what? I'm going to make the world a worse place by slinging drugs, hookers, and guns everywhere I can. If you want to play, you know, if you're a DM and, and you want player characters to, to be like that, die in a hole. Where do I sign up? Yeah. <laughs> and because you should be playing good guys. Warlords are not good guys. But let's say you're playing a warlord. This is what you get. Basic math, speak native language. Literary, literacy is not given, must be selected as an other skill. Streetwise, prowl, pick locks, running, any two weapon proficiencies, hand-to-hand basic. And you get six related skills rather than 10 or eight. And they can be uh, espionage, any except disguise, tracking, sniper, wilderness survival, mechanical, any first aid only for, me- for medical, any military, any physical, plus 5% any roles when applicable. Pilot, automobile, motorcycle, truck, and motorboat only. They're they're motorboat. you know what? I I take exception to that because there's gotta be someone to fly a plane to smuggle those drugs. There's gotta be someone. Might as well be you, right? So I would allow pilot uh single engine aircraft. 
And then that is basically it for the Nightbane factions and how the choices affect your skills and how, how the choices affect your gameplay and why the Dungeon Master has to limit these to player characters. L limit these from player characters, obviously. You know, you don't want open to everything. And then we're going to go to page 185. Let's, let's knock out since we're at and the end. This knock is out some comments on, while just, we're doing it. Just two. I only have two in here. No, weird guy says the Palladium system combat tables. Grr. I think they need six tables: basic, expert, master, hand to hand, and then basic, expert, master, ranged combat bonuses. That fixes a lot. I actually disagree with that. I agreed with it at first, but then I like the way the ranged combat goes. Yeah. It's the it, the hand to hand though. I I think that each one should build on top of the other. Basic is everything except for special. Expert adds in a couple of special. Martial art adds in all the special. And then maybe the bonus, well, and then the bonuses for expert, where it'd be a plus one for basic, would be a plus two for expert, plus three for martial art, or something like that. I'm not saying, you know, you don't want your martial artist to have a plus, you know, 12 where basic gets a plus one. I mean, that, yeah. But at the same time, I, I think they could be simplified. I do agree with that. But uh, the weapon proficiencies for, for range, I mean, they just work completely differently. Yes. It's all about aim shot, uh, you know, uh yeah, you don't how get, much you, you don't get physical prowess bonuses. Yeah. You know, they, it's it's all it's all just your weapon proficiency bonuses and the greater rank you have, the more levels you've had the skill with, the the yeah. the greater bonus to hit you get. That's how it works. And then the the other, the other thing that probably could be worked on at some point is people need to understand myself included need to remember that basic hand to hand for example is your hand to hand it's not your melee weapon so no. there needs to be a, a better the combat chapters in like pretty much every palladium book just need to be written a little more concisely a little more accurately to identify this is hand to hand fighting this is weapon uh, uh ancient weapon proficiency fighting this is range weapon proficiency fighting and then kind of go from there but that's that's my two cents on that one but I do agree that the, when I was going through these Palladium things and Rift's hand-to-hand -hand basic was different than Beyond the Supernatural hand-to-hand -hand basic, which was different than After the Bomb hand-to-hand -hand basic, like some of those modifiers happen at different levels or different places, that was annoying. I would like a unified system, let's put it that way. <clears throat> and then the other comment I have is the pilots are contractors. Yeah, I could see that. Oh, okay, very well. You know, But, but you know what? I, I want the thrill of not being shot down, right? Getting my getting my product to the people. My product is, is going to kill children and you know disenfranchise disenfranchise youth, but I'm making money. So there you go. Yeah, I think I know we've we talked about it a couple weeks ago where as we played, you know, Palladium, Heathen Dog read something one way, I read something another way, you know, third person out there read it a complete third way. You know, yeah. it, it it happens, absolutely happens. That's true. All right. So now Page where am I going? One one what? One fifty eight. One five eight. Denizens of the Nightlands. These are your enemies. They are numerous, and they are insidious. The first and most insidious is the doppelganger. The doppelganger RCC. This is a duplicate of someone that exists in our world but was born in the Nightlands. Well, there comes the Men in Black reference again. <laughs> this is how a lot of a lot of people were replaced on the Dark Day. The, the Night Lords, you know, took control of the doppelganger on the other side, 
slipped them into killed the killed the human person, put the doppelganger in there, and Bob's your uncle. Now you have a puppet that can say whatever you want, do whatever you want, especially if they are in a place of power, which most doppelgangers are. They are high-ranking senators, uh, congressmen, uh, police chiefs of major cities, mayors, all kinds, all kinds, takes all kinds. So the most common denizens of the Nightlands are doppelgangers who look exactly like normal humans, although slightly paler. And that's because their world doesn't have sunlight, but they're not, in, they're not, they don't burn up in sun and everything. So the pale thing will rectify itself. Uh, the exact proportion is not certain, but some students of the Nightlands believe that between 20 and 30% of all adult humans have a doppelganger. Wow. Children and preteen doppelgangers also wow. exist, but they are very rare, accounting for less than 2% of the population. Similarities go beyond physical appearance. Doppelgangers know what most know most of what their human doubles know. Their skills, abilities, and, capabil and capabilities correspond almost exactly with their counterparts' knowledge. Why can't Even my doppelganger work for me? Because I, I got things to do here. My doppelganger needs to go to work for me. Bastard. But then, then you're in the mul multiplicity problem. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> even their personalities are somewhat related, although some doppelgangers tend to have twisted version of their doubles exhibiting the worst traits, including many that are typically repressed or buried in the normal person's psyche. Many doppelgangers are the exact opposite of their doubles. This means that some doppelgangers are evil people or actually who will actually be moral, decent beings. Others are completely similar, both physically and mentally. So most of, most of the time, a doppelganger has all the prerequisite knowledge and skills that the person in the earth world has. It's an easy, you know, cut and paste, right? Mm -hmm. You cut out the human and you paste in the doppelganger and all the night lords are laughing, right? That's exactly what happened. That's what doppelgangers do. You want to find them and kill them. But you also want to get away because no one's going to believe you that that was a doppelganger because they show up exactly like their human counterpart. And doppelgangers do get uh, psionic powers and they do get natural uh, natural abilities like they do not need food or water to survive, although they enjoy the experience. They live by absorbing ambient PPE. They heal damage faster than humans. They heal one point one hit pointer SDC plus PE bonus, if any, per hour. Where, where also, is this? Oh, this this doesn't matter. This doesn't. Oh, okay, this is, okay. this, I'm just doing examples. They they have supernatural abilities, and they have supernatural strength. So they are not just a human replacement. They are a human replacement that can defend itself. So killing it is not going to be so stupid easy. It's going to be able to effectively defend itself from non-surprise attacks. And then we move down to page one sixty one. I'll just type that in. One, six, two. Because I have to go a page further. The hounds. the hounds. There we go. The hounds. The We're going to sc scroll by the, the flavor text. Okay. Uh, the humanoid hounds are the shock troops of the night lords. Monsters through and through. They are believed to be magical constructs similar to golems. Unlike golems, however, hounds do feel emotions and have lusts and desires. Mostly for murder. Regrettably, these desires are all related to pain and fear. Aww. Hounds live for the hunt and the slaughter. They're ultimate warriors and trackers, relentlessly following their prey and then playing with it for a short while before finally destroying it without mercy. Now, the hounds are the bane of night. Oh, God, I should have reworded that. Are the are the nightmare fuel for Nightbane because they actually have the ability to track Nightbane. Now, 
I've got to ask uh, this only... question because it's killing me. Go for it. I, you're talking about Night Lords right now, right? The the well, the Night Lord the Night Lord minions. Yes, these are Night Lord okay. minions. Let me go back to this for a second. Where the hell is it? Uh, oops. Oh no. Where's my doppelganger again? Dennis, there we go. It says this is an optional player character. Yes, because it's said in there sometimes a doppelganger will have the opposite alignment and morality traits as their human counterpart. If the human counterpart is an, is an evil senator who's gotten himself in, in a, into power because, you know, evil people like power, right? And they're replaced by, by the night lords with the doppelganger. Well, but this doppelganger is a good guy. He wants to get away as soon as possible. Okay. So he may join up with the with the Nightbane or with or with the Seekers or the Lightbringers or whatever, just because they're good people, they're good folk, and they want to do good works. Okay, I just I just wanted to put that out there because I, as I know we're on the Night Lord side, which are the bad guys. Yeah. And yes. but that said, optional player character. And for a second, I was like, uh... class. I don't recommend it, but it is there. Okay. All right. The Hounds. Go go back to page one sixty. Okay. One. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the hounds can actually track by smell a nightbane more often in its morphous form and only within 4,000 meters. But during only the night, 4,000 meters. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it, to search an entire city will take time, but they usually come in packs of 10 or 20. And they're and they're, they're told to spread out in the city. Find find me prey. And then they will they will find any nightbane they can find or or any other uh you know uh powers of good that the night lords want to destroy. And they are insidious. Uh, we'll go down to their attributes. Uh, oh now I can diabolic. go there. <laughs> always diabolic. Not so smart. 2d4 IQ. They're dogs. They're dogs. But very That's pretty strong. smart for a dog. <laughs> Very strong, three d six plus fourteen physical strength, and they have supernatural physical strength and endurance. Ouch! Yes, seven feet tall, weigh three hundred fifty pounds. Natural AR against thirteen against normal weapons. Zero against magical and supernatural attacks. That means against guns, explosions, knives, forks, spoons, whatever. AR thirteen against a supernatural punch. AR nothing. Against a magic spell. AR nothing. All right, there you go. But they get 200 SDC. 200 SDC. What trash? And, and their PE times three in hit points and a natural horror factor of 13. Ooh, uh, 13. PE. Uh, natural abilities. Immune to all illusion and powers of concealment. That means if you are a, a wizard of some kind and you cast an illusion, it's not going to fool these guys. They are hunters. They are not fooled by your, by your paltry tricks. My favorite Night ability in all of D&D, true seeing. They have it. <laughs> they can see through the shroud talent normal invisibility spells and any magical or sonic powers of disguise or camouflage nothing works nothing night vision of 2000 feet now night night vision in this book is complete and an utter vision no matter what kind of light source if any pitch black still see just as good as daytime that's their deal self-healing if they are allowed to stand still and meditate for one hour they heal all damage wow all damage taken, but they are in a regenerative coma type thing. So they can't defend themselves during this hour. Still, it's only an still, hour. Still probably easy to find an, uh, a space, you know, 
just run away a little bit, find a warehouse, get to the top of it. I mean, every supernatural type movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they have partial invulnerability. Not only do they have armor rating against normal weapons, they only take half damage from all non-magical weapons. Oh, awesome. So that gun and knife and spoon and fork and whatever, you have to beat the AR of 13 and then it only does half damage. So yeah, they're pretty tough, especially for the spook squad. Spook squad hate these guys. Oh my God. Cause all they have is guns. Guns are not effective. Uh, vulnerabilities. They take double damage from magic artifacts, weapons, talents, and power spells. So magic, not only does it bypass their armor rating, but they take double damage, double damage. Not, not from supernatural punches. It doesn't say that. From art, magic artifacts, weapons, talents, and spells. All right. So bear that in mind. And then we have the Hound Masters, which are same page, just on the right. These are these are the the uh, the, the people who control the hounds when they're on site, when they're in the field. The Hound Masters are the deal. They, they're believed to be hounds that were elevated intellect wise by the night Lords to be more intelligent, to be more cunning, more crafty, to be able to control the hounds, to get things done. They're most commonly found leading large bodies of hounds, 20 or more, or at the head of a smaller team assigned to an undercover mission, such as finding a group of nightbane in an earth city. In the second case, only three to five hounds will back up the master. Sometimes these creatures will be sent on solo missions, although such activities are typically left to the Night Princes, Night Lord Avatar, or some other powerful minion. Only the lesser Night Lords will place so much trust in a mere Hound Master. All right. Note, Hound Masters are diabolic predators, not recommended as player characters. So you can't be a Hound or a Hound Master. But Yes, I can. Just says not recommended. Doesn't say I'm not allowed to. Shut up. Okay. All right. Their IQ is not just 2d4. Now it's 2d4 plus 6. So the average intelligence of a uh, of a hound is going to be somewhere between four and five, whereas the average intelligence of a hound master is going to be somewhere between 11 and 12. 10, 11, 12, somewhere around there is going to be their average. But they all they all have supernatural strength and endurance still, and their strength is 2d6 plus 20. No joke. Wow. No joke there. PP is 2d6 plus 12. PE is 3d6 plus 10. This, this makes them all very good at fighting and very good at tanking. The natural abilities, they are also immune to all powers of concealment and have the night vision, same as the hounds, because they are elevated from hounds, so they still keep their natural hound ability. They also have the self-healing and the tracking of, uh, of supernatural creatures, uh, but their, their, their skill and range is far reduced. That's why you have the hounds. Otherwise, they just send the hound masters. Exactly. That's why you have the hounds. Right. <laughs> and partial invulnerability. They also still only take half damage from all uh, natural from all magic weapons, but they do not have the armor rating of the hound. The natural armor rating. But as a trade-off, they have illusion powers. They can cast illusions themselves. Hound masters can create illusionary shells around themselves and up to five others. Typically, they will use this power to pass as normal humans. This is a psionic ability costing four ISP to disguise themselves and eight to disguise others. Duration of the illusion is a period of 10 minutes per level of experience for oneself only or five per level 
for disguising two to five people. This is usually the hounds. They will disguise themselves and their hounds as people to better to better search out their prey without causing, you know, obvious commotion because they don't look like folk. They look like demons. Better not to. <laughs> when, when you're trying to blend in, better not to. Well, I've gone to a rave, so I just went as myself. Yes, there you go. Uh, they have supernatural strength, just like regular hounds. They typically have bladed staves that they use for combat that gives them 3d6 plus their PS bonus. Uh, ISP is uh, their mental endurance plus a d6 times 10 plus 2d6 per level. Average lifespan is unknown because they usually die in combat, but they're probably extremely long-lived. Average level 2d4 plus 1. Again, like their hounds, they take double damage to artifacts, weapons, powers, and spells. They have minimal skills. Natural tracking, swimming and climbing, uh, weapon proficiency, polearm, and battle axe, and can, can speak all languages magically. That's it. That's all they get. That's all they need. The Night Lords did not want them taking on airs, thinking they're better than they are, trying to be all aristocracies and whatnot, and oh, oh, for what thou, and no, st stop thinking, start hunting. Stop it. All right, then we move on to the Hunters. The Hunters are the Flying Hounds. Just going to scroll down. You're going to find it. There they are. Yeah, they they start are on the other page. These are yeah. these are flying monkeys that are not monkeys. They're they're flying bat vulture things. They're no good. Hunters are the flying companions to hounds. They too are covered in black skeletal armor. However, their head helmets are shaped like a vulture's with a long curved beak. Two bat-like wings protrude from their bats, backs, allowing them to fly. They act as the aerial hunters, scouts, and messengers of the night lords. Typically, there is one hunter for every 10 hounds in a night lord's army. They share the hound's love for hunting and murdering innocent victims. All right, so let's let's look at their powers. Number one, they're they're a little smarter than hounds, but nowhere near as smart as hound master. It's 2d6 IQ. But they have again supernatural strength and endurance, and their their strength is 2d6 plus 10. I'm sorry, their strength is 3d6 plus 14. Their physical prowess is 2d6 plus 10, and their physical endurance is 3d6 plus 6. So they are very strong, they're very fast. Flying is 1d4 times 10 plus 40 speed. Uh, ju just like the hounds, they have an AR of 13 against normal weapons. A little less hip, a little less SDC, 180 instead of 200. Still, that's a lot. What are you talking about? A lot. Okay, except for your Cenobite. Uh, they are again immune to all illusions and power of concealment and night vision and expert tracker, 80%. Self healing, again, just like the hounds, they need an hour to someplace safe and they can regenerate should get, I, people should not underestimate that yeah i mean you can think about like well how would you get away what if you're unconscious well we can find you yeah those things happen but just think about you know you're fighting inside a city a warehouse district of a city at 2 a.m you're beat up that thing's beat up it probably is being dragged away an hour later it's good to go what are you doing an hour later you're still hurt yeah, the, this this whole hound and and hunter thing is really great if if you find a nightbane stronghold that they're defending, you attack it on mass, but you you give orders to your hounds to run away at half health. That way, every hour, the the enemy is completely healed and rested, whereas every hour you're getting more weak, weaker and weaker yep. and weaker, and you will fall. Attrition will hit you, not them. 
uh, supernatural strength. They have they usually use uh, curved short swords, which is two d six plus plus a uh, physical strength bonus, or beak attacks, which is three d six. That's just gross. It is. Ah! Oh! You know, that and reminds again, me. That reminds like, me of my TI in basic training. Smack me at the brim of his hat. There you go. And just like the hounds and the hound masters and the hunt and the and you know the hunters are uh, take double damage from artifact weapons and powers. It doesn't say it doesn't say magic. Well, I mean, they magic. are higher on the food chain than the hounds and hound masters, right? No, the, they're they're lower than the hound masters. Uh, the, well, the hound they? masters okay. control the hunters. So oh, okay. I would say no. All right. Now the Ashmedi, 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 Ashmedi. There you go. Ashmedi. There you go. Crawling horrors. These things are nightmare fuel. Check this out. Many are the fearsome stories about the Ashmedi, the monstrous servants of the night lords. They're said to live in some hellish dimension until the night lords summon them. Some legends claim the Ashmedi are actually Nightbane and that their horrible worm-like forms are the Nightbane's true shape. That's a that's just propaganda. That's gross. Also propaganda. Some <laughs> tales make them out, make them the guardians of the mythical formless ones, a warrior race who switched allegiance when the Baal conquered the Nightlands. Doesn't matter. As an independent race, they have more initiative and self-reliance and are often used by the Night Lords on special missions where the servile hounds and hunters won't do. If you're fighting a, an intelligent opponent, you need an intelligent predator. And these are more intelligent predators. Uh, a few Ashmedai have left the service of the Baal because the worm's malevolent nature makes it impossible to form a lasting alliance with other beings. They're so evil, even the Night Lords can't keep control of them. They're so <laughs> self-serving and evil. Hey, that, if you were uh, a worm, wouldn't you be pretty pissed off and self-serving as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the true form of, of the Eshmedai are worm-like, fleshy giant with no apparent eyes and four long tentacles protruding from the sides of his serpentine trunk. The head is dominated by a gaping maw filled with sharp teeth and four main fangs in each corner. Unfortunately, the creatures are master shapeshifters able I hope to so. assume any form they desire. The monsters can hide themselves in a human or animal shape, undetected and unsuspected. Only some magical spells, psionic powers, and nightbane talents can unmask these creatures. In addition to their shape-shifting abilities, the Ashmedai have limited psionic powers that enable them to act as spies and manipulators. They do not have the nightbane talents, so suspicious that their members of the race are unfounded, although such wild speculation seems to persist. Some Ashmedai do pass themselves off as nightbane, however, using special magic artifacts created by the night lords to hide their true nature or imitate nightbane talents. Luckily, only a few such artifacts exist. All right, so we're going to go on to their stats now. It's on the next page. Uh, typically, their alignment is diabolic or miscreant. A few are aberrant. Uh, at, their attributes Ooh, are significant. smart. Yes. They are, they're good around the board. I mean, just across the board, they're better than, than a human. Yeah. Across the board. And they have supernaturals. All attributes are considered well, supernatural. They are kind of ugly. Just saying. Fair enough. They are ugly, but you know what? <laughs> look, look, scroll up a little bit. You'll see why. Scroll up a little bit. Well, or varies with shape, with shape, though. Also, yeah. Yeah. Scroll up a little bit. That's what they look like. Oh, that's a sexy beast. Now, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even give a four to that. But you get a D four. <laughs> okay. True size: eight to twelve feet from top of the head to the tip of the tail. Weight: true form: three to eight hundred pounds, depending on how big you are. SDC: three D six times ten plus one fifty. Oh my god. Eh. 
What do you mean, Ned? That still beats you a lot. Didn't Average. I have like 400? No, you only had something like some like a 285 to 300. No, I, for some reason, I had like four. I thought I had 455 or nope, something like that. But no, okay, okay. The average here is going to be what? Uh, 333 to 7, 8, 9, 10. Well, 3D6 uh, average is 10 and a half, so 11. Yeah, 11. So it's going to be 110. The average is going to be 260. That's their average <laughs> SDC. Hit points 2D10, 2D4 times 10 plus 20. Okay, that's a little bit. That's a lot. That is a lot. Uh, when they are in any form other than their base form, they have 120% less SDC uh, in, a, in a tiny form, Birdorat, and, and 80, 180 less SDC if they, are, if they are, I'm sorry, in that tiny form of a bird or a rat or smaller. In a human form, they're minus 120 to their total. Uh, 100. Look at this. Minus look at this paltry 14. <laughs> yeah. But still, a horror factor of 14 is no joke. No, uh, natural not. ability, supernatural vision. Although, although the Ashmedai have no eyes in their true form, they can see through supernatural senses. They can see the invisible and in total darkness. Works in any and all forms it may select. Bioregenerate 1d6 times 10 oh, SDC or damn. hit points every minute for melee rounds. Every minute. 1d6 times 10. Wow. Shape shifting. It takes one melee action and th they can shift into anything as big as an elephant or as small as a mouse. Uh, duh, 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 duh. uh they have supernatural strength uh in their true form each tentacle does 1d6 plus 6 supernatural strength damage uh and if they're in human form they they use their their human form strength which is also supernatural uh psionic powers alter aura empathy mind block see aura and telepathy alter aura and mind block uh alter aura obviously you know you, you can't see that they're a supernatural evil creature and mind block you can't read their minds you know, it helps them in their spine. Empathy and telepathy help them to get to know you better. Exactly. Helps them in their infiltration. And then we move on to the other, the other uh, greatest uh, trick ever played on the planet, the Namtar or hollow men. Now, along with the doppelgangers, the Namtar are well, the ones who have replaced people. Namtar are tiny insects. They're they're bug. I wouldn't say tiny, tiny. See, but this they, is they, why you hate bugs. Everybody needs to just hate bugs. Everybody hates bugs. I know they are little bug people, but they have the ability. If they if they have raw materials and fresh human blood, they can make a human skin suit that is an exact copy of anyone they want. So they can make a human skin suit copy of anyone, kill that person, and take their place. That explains my marriage. <laughs> or uh, the, the reason that, uh, and, and that is only for a short time because the only problem with their, with their skin suit is that they have black eyes. So most of the time, most of the time, they take on human form as an FSB agent for the, for the, for the night Lords. And, the, and they, they can wear sunglasses or mirror glasses and, have government stuff, you know, government ID and get in anywhere and just shoot anyone they want. That's usually what it's usually what they're for. So let, let, let's see how good they are. They're either diabolical or miscreant. That's no, that's really not a surprise, but uh, in their normal bug form, they have, they have pretty good IQ. Okay. M E okay. M A physical strength is crap because they're little bugs. If you scroll over a little bit to the right, you'll see, the bug coming out of the coming out of the body so the skin suit 
No, I don't. I no, I don't want to see. That. Well, there you go. That's what it is. X card. <laughs> physical beauty, speed, obviously really low. Physical endurance, really low because they are bugs. But if they're in a skin suit, their Let's physical strength right goes to 3d6 plus two. Their physical prowess, oh. 3d6, PE, 3d6, PB, 3d4, speed, 3d6. Those are the ones that change. They keep all the other attributes. And I, have to, inter- I have to interrupt you. This is, more, this, this is more important. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to say that, Noro. I take everything back. You're not a bug person. Okay. <laughs> but they are considered super supernatural strength in the hollow people form. In their skin suit, they have supernatural strength and endurance. Uh, size and weight are different if they're a bug or in their skin suit. SDC in their bug form is 10. Skin suit is 2D4 times 10 plus 80. So all of their skin suits are pretty tough. Hit points, normal bug form 10. Skin suit, none, because it's a construct. It's not It's not living thing. It's, it's fake thing. So it just has SDC. Armor rating 12 in its natural form, Hollow Man 8. Why? Well, because in their normal form, they have the chitin, you know, the, the exoskeleton. So it gives a better armor class. And an, a Hollow Man has an 8 because it's made of material that could be, you know, bullet resistant or puncture resistant, stuff like that, you know, like twine, not twine, but uh, uh, wire and metal, metal shaving, stuff like that woven into the skin suit because it can be made from almost anything, rags, whatever. Uh, these constructs look human, but their pale white or yellowish skin is tougher than humans and has tough fabric texture similar to a burlap bag. Their eyes are dark and blank or dead looking and may people describe them as threatening. Uh, the Namtar may be scared, but the Hollow Man cannot show it. Uh, the, the the hollow man skin suit has trouble showing emotion whether startled scared frightened uh happy can't do it so find your friend that's the most robotic yeah but that makes them perfect federal agents Hmm? because federal agents aren't supposed to show that stuff now that is it for for the main minions of the night lords on earth everything else is a nightlands uh denizen uh, called the the waste, the waste creatures. These are if you were to visit the Nightlands, you might run into the waste creatures. The Should waste we hit some coyotes, of the comments. The snake bird, the lizard king, and before we touch on vampires, go ahead and hit some comments. Okay. All right. So we're we going all the way back there. I'd like to play an awakened doppelganger. Darthiak says. What does awakened mean in that context? I don't know what that means either. We'll move on then. Hounds <laughs> uh, would make the Sentinels from X-Men look like tracking amateurs. That's for you. I don't know about X-Men Sentinels. Oh, so, uh, Sentinels are mechanical uh, robots in uh, in Marvel Comics that can sense mutants. Is this statement accurate? Uh, Hounds would make the Sentinels from X-Men look like tracking amateurs. I, I think the Sentinels have greater range. But uh, one, once a hound gets within 4,000 meters of a nightbane, there's probably no getting away. If you want to know it sparked everything, you need heathen eggs shut up, clipped. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we don't. So to be a finger, first time catching you all live. Well, congratulations. Glad to see you here. I was pleased to find high quality chat. <laughs> he called us a high quality High chat. quality, wow. Yeah. Uh, channel that talks for 
I've watched quite a bit of your catalog. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, so 2022 is the year of Palladium Books. I mean, it's not yep. that we'll never cover it again, but next year we'll be on to something else. But yep, for the rest of this year, uh, next week, Heathen Dog will be creating a Nightbane character. Then we have Sean Owen Robertson on. If you've got any questions you want for him, he's uh, the heir apparent to Kevin Simbita. Uh, he should be on on the 9th. And then uh, starting on the 16th, we start covering riffs. That's right. We're ending the year on riffs. And yep, there are a lot of things we didn't cover. We didn't cover splicers. Oh, thank God. We didn't cover splicers. We didn't cover uh, Night uh, Nightbane. No, no, that's nope, this is Night, that right uh, no, Dead Rain. Dead Rain. Dead um, Rain, Chaos Earth. Yep. That was more because of time than anything else. Yeah, it was more because of time. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, it's been a been a fun year i can't believe it's been almost a year already I know, right? it's crazy no, it's by, but but glad to see you're here so all right uh and the speed that's supposed to be speed the speed chart only goes to a rating i'm oh, sorry only goes to rating 293 which is 200 miles per hour those things can move yeah you start to uh, pull, gotta pull out the riffs chart <laughs> yeah you you have to pull out the heroes unlimited or riffs or whatever because it has a running it has a normal person chart a vehicle chart a ground vehicle chart and a sky chart. And for the for the hunters who fly, I, I would use the sky speed instead of the ground speed, which is faster. Uh it's talking about the, the, the hierarchy chart. Yeah, we have to we have to we have to make a whiteboard and like uh, uh oh the whole the whole night lord hierarchy is loosely based on the Ottoman Empire. As you <laughs> as you can see, you know, the night lords are here and then down here, then you're like, Yeah, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> And then finally, awakened doppelgangers are the ones that player care, uh, that are oh, player characters have free will, right. or or are or are good or are good people. Okay. All right. Now you finally have to tell me about vampires. Vampires. No, no, we're gonna talk about we're about vampires in general, and we're gonna touch on the vampires. Page one seven eight. Okay, I'll type that in. A vampire threat. Ooh, it's a threat. Okay, we are gonna go through all of the flavor text and end up right here. Vampires are a powerful variable in the war between the Nightbane and the Baal, or the Night Lords. Enemies of humankind and all living things, vampires are also at odds with the Night Lords and their plans of conquest. Should the Baal come to completely dominate the Earth, there will be little room for other creatures of the night. They hate vampires and fear Nightbane, so both must be eradicated. With few exceptions, see the Wampir and the, in the Nocturnes faction described elsewhere. Most vampires see humans as little more than cattle. They hate the Night Lords and fight them tooth and nail. They also welcome alliances with Nightbane and the supernatural magical forces willing to join the battle. However, any potential alliance faces insurmountable obstacles. Remember that phrase, insurmountable obstacles. But I can get over it. Insurmountable, insurmountable. obstacles. <laughs> okay. If the vampires win, they'll turn the earth into a, a, a cesspool. Nightbane have close ties to humankind, often consider themselves to be human or at least used to be half human. Consequently, they are not likely to appreciate vampires' view of humans as meat waiting to be served up on a platter. If the Night Lords prevail, the vampire threat will be gone because they'll kill all the because the Night Lords will kill all the vampires, but then humankind will be bound and enslaved to servitude forever. So here we are, the vampire. And I'm gonna very very lightly touch on it because you should not have vampires in your game you got so much to do with nightbane nightbane rccs night lords night lord minions you got so much going on this is an unnecessary nonsense but here's how it works again going back to the ottoman empire all right so we have the vampire intelligence 
this is a, a dirty little redheaded stepchild cousin of an actual alien intelligence. Very strong. Don't want to fight it as a nightbane or a human or whatever. But it's a mass of squishy mouths, tentacles, and with a single eye in the middle. It can fragment its essence from its home plane of existence, pop into other planes of existence, and try and make a deal with a sentient being in that world. The deal is, I will give you power, you give me servitude. Someone always says yes. And that person becomes the master vampire. The master vampire is the only vampire who gave away their humanity of their own free will. They decided to become an evil sucking off the teat of an alien intelligence bastard. They decided it. They figure I'm going to be on team stupid and I'm going to be a vampire. And they get a lot of power. Uh, their, their body is basically reformed into, into a supernatural evil thing. IQ 14 plus 2D6, ME 10 plus 3D6, physical strength 18 plus 3D6, speed 10 plus 46. Their PE 18 plus 1D6, it's crazy. And they are, they have the natural ability of vampires. Here's the thing. Palladium vampires are no joke. All right. Mm -hmm. Palladium vampires are no joke. There's barely any way to actually kill them. All right. Here's their deal. Yeah. But who's going to know that right off the bat? Nobody. Here's their deal. They are immune to almost everything. Anything non-magical, they take no damage from. Bullets, knives, spoons, forks, grenades, nuclear bombs, nothing, nothing. The only thing they take damage from magic, silver, wood, and supernatural attacks, but they regenerate so damned fast that they can go from a pile of bones to fully regenerated and attacking you in 15 seconds. Wait, really? Yes. It doesn't show it here. It, it shows it at no, the no, end. That's right. I'm just scrolling up and down uh, so people can see all the like the list of powers. It is absolutely cuckoo bananas. Vampires are nuts. That's all vampires, not just master vampires. All vampires have that regeneration. Okay. Silver and wood do hit point damage. They have 3d6 times 10 hit points. But again, they heal so quickly. As soon as the wood or silver is removed, they start healing. Now, wood and silver damage, they heal more slowly. But they still heal much faster than even werewolves or, or pretty much any, any lycanthrope. They heal much faster, even from silver. And then we have secondary vampires. In the next page down. Secondary vampires are vampires made by the master. These are your, the, this is like you consider the master vampire Dracula and your fiance, the secondary vampire. That's every vampire movie <laughs> in a nutshell right there. The master Dracula turns your girl and she is now a secondary vampire. 99% of the time, the secondary vampire is under complete control of the master, complete control. They no longer have a will of their own. So they how do you become an optional player character? Kill the master? There, there is a way. Okay. 
Uh, victims of the master are secondary vampires, despite the fact they're usually subservient to their creator and the intelligence, and the term secondary implies a level of inferiority, they possess all the spectacular supernatural powers of a master vampire, except for some psionic powers, and are quite intelligent. The only two things that make them inferior to their creator master is that the secondary vampires are slightly less intelligent, and they are susceptible to mind control of their master. Ironically, the secondary vampires can sometimes defy the vampire intelligence, perhaps because they possess a smaller portion of its essence or because they must answer to two masters. Don't know whether it is the smaller essence of fact they have two masters or a second generation. The pitiful creatures remember more about their lives as humans than any other undead. Those of evil alignment readily accept their new monstrous status, but those of good alignment frequently loathe the monsters they have become. They try to fight their unnatural desires for blood and carnage, but most eventually succumb and resign themselves to being a monster. Yet a tiny minority do successfully win their inner battle and retain some vestige of humanity. They're unprincipled at best, anarchist or aberrant at average who tend to operate independent of a master and away from others of their ilk. They seldom feed indiscriminately on the innocent and try to do some good with their lives. They're also the types to most likely be used as player characters. You don't have to kill the master, but if you were, say, you know, a scrupulous, scrupulous character, the, the highest moral foundation, and you were turned into a vampire, you would slip down to, to unscrupulous, but maybe retain your individuality, be able to defy your master vampire. That's possible. That's when you become, that's when you can become a player character RCC as a secondary vampire. Again, do not think it's a good idea because you still have to eat human blood. Dumbass. How, how good can you be? And then there's wild vampires. They are created in one of two ways. Just keep this page one. There it is right there. It's not great. They have either been driven insane and into their present animalistic state from starvation or created by a secondary vampire. Like the master, the secondary vampire can also create new vampires. However, these third generation undead are frequently flawed. One might even say mentally <laughs> retarded. I would oh, say so. Oh, no. Can't say nope, that now. Nope, we can say it now because they are. These misanthropes are incredibly savage and possess the most meager of mental faculties. Most are crazed predators that are more animal than human. They are primal forces that function on instinct rather than forethought. Okay, here are the two ways to become a wild vampire. A secondary vampire who does not eat or does, does not drink any blood for a certain amount of time, I think it's weeks or months, will become insane and drink the very first thing that happens. If it's six months to a year of being starved, they will go permanently insane, which means they will drop down on the hierarchy from secondary to wild. If a wild vampire goes six to six months to a year with no food, they will drop from wild to, oh my God, this thing is absolutely nuts. Already this thing's nuts, but it would get a, an IQ of one rather than the 2D6 plus one that it gets. That guy doesn't look crazy at all. No, he looks fine. Just rub some dirt on it. Get back Isn't in the this game. Isn't this Garthon? Yeah, that's Garthon right there. <laughs> all right. So the only difference between a secondary vampire and a wild vampire is uh, its feral nature and and even even more so lack of intelligence compared to the master. So this this thing is is just rough and tumble. Uh, it's a it's a Rottweiler trained to kill. That's basically it. That's what it does. 
And we don't need to go into vampire powers, creating undead. We don't need to actually get into that. Just know it's in the game. There you go. Vampire slave, mind control vampire of a vampire, psychic powers of a vampire, summoning powers of a vampire, metamorphosis of a vampire. That'd be a whole episode itself. (laughs) Exactly. If you look at page 186, it shows you a pictorial of someone removing a stake, a wooden stake from a supposedly dead vampire. And then this is the course. These six panels are the course of 15 seconds. That's uh, not, not inspiring. No. So if they are dead and have wood in their heart or where their heart would be, they won't get back up. But they're not dead dead. Because if you take out that stake 15 seconds later, you have, you have a fully functional vampire again who's probably a little pissed. And probably a little hungry, and you happen to be standing there with yeah, a stake, right with there. A stake I mean, in your hand, stake, right? I mean, sure, you have a wooden stake, but you have to call shot the heart. You miss that, well, people are going to miss you because you're dead. Uh, killing the vampire, uh, ritual disposal—that's cutting off the head, burning the body, burying the ashes in two separate places. Death by sunlight, death by water. This is massive amounts. You have to do. You have to bring the vampire to negative twenty-one hit point damage in in moving water, and it will it will just melt and die completely. Soil of their homeland. If they have to be, they have to sleep with the soil of the continent where they were born. So if you have a master vampire who was made who was made a vampire in Asia and now he moved to North America for some other some job if you take the soil he brought with him away he will not be able to sleep and he will die there Actually seems like one of the quickest ways to kill him believe it or not Yeah I mean you know he's going to freak out for a while but yeah and then there's the the vampire, and as you can see, Ugh. it really is some goth emo little little bitch boy. It's a mouth breather already. Yep, already mouth breather. Okay, vampires pronounced vampires. Nope, vampires are a strange breed of vampires. Like normal or true vampires, they were hunted and then converted by the slow kill. But something in these victims is different. Some occultists speculate that. They are true innocents or have pure souls. Perhaps the soul has nothing to do with it. Don't know. Maybe it's genetic. Uh, in many ways, vampires are still inhuman creatures. They need blood to survive. Light hurts them and will kill them over time. Unlike true vampires, however, they are free to choose the path of their own lives. Although leading normal life is nearly impossible, they can try. And many do. Many have tried to keep their natures a secret from their family and loved ones. That never is going to work. Uh, others have become criminals or predators just because they can. S- several vampires have actually declared war against their blood-sucking cousins and other evil entities. One such vampire is the mysterious Yosef Pendragon, the founder of the Nocturnes. Uh, some have even allied themselves with Nightbane, human sorcerers, and even rebellious secondary vampires. Okay, this is, again, a huge stretch. Like, I want to be a vampire, but I don't want to be evil because we're playing a good campaign. Well, you can be a vampire. <sighs> stupid 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 unbelievably dumb all right they are they're they're weaker than even secondary vampires you know their intelligence their strength all of that is is weaker but stronger than humans fine 2d6 times 10 plus 20 sdc hit points pe times 2 plus 1d6 per level natural abilities 
Vampires share the vampire's super regeneration powers and heal 2d6 SDC hit points every melee round. Okay, that's nowhere near an actual vampire. Nowhere near even a secondary vampire or, or even the wild vampire. They have supernatural strength and endurance and have a number of psychic powers. Vampires take half damage from metal weapons, but have none of the normal vampire invulnerabilities. So normal weapons will harm them. Unlike, unlike regular vampires, the normal weapons do absolutely diddly. Blood dependency. They need blood. Uh, at least half a liter every three days. Uh, vulnerability to sunlight. They take 2d6 points of damage every minute in sunlight. Now that's far less than a, the far less damage and, and far less time and a far greater time interval than a regular vampire, but still it's not great. Uh, they have psionic powers. Uh, the, uh, the, 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 start with all the vampiric powers, except super hypnotic suggestion can select one additional power from any of these three psychic categories. Every level after first magic, none ISP 2d4 times 10, eight points per level, uh, damage, supernatural strength, possibly limitless. Uh, we don't really know if they're truly immortal or truly ageless like vampires are because they usually don't live very long. <laughs> You know, they they they're, they're, they're fall, fall into their whamitude. Oh, woe is me. I got to be all goth now. Or, you know, a vampire finds me and goes, oh, God, what is that thing? And just kills it. So that is it. That is all I'm going to do. I'm, I'm not going to get into the Guardians because they should not be in your game at all, ever. So I'm not going to get into that. So we will go after some uh, comments. All right. Let me get this over here because so I, I don't have to deal with this anymore. Get rid of that. Get you over there. And all right, now I can do this. Boom. So Darthic says, vampires in this game are nice because there is a goal they all have and uh, always evil. Well, that's the thing. You're supposed to be a good guy. No, no, he's not talking about playing one. He's just saying that uh, the vampires oh, yeah, themselves. Yeah. yeah, okay, fine. But again, you, are, you already have a big bad. You don't need another big bad. And va vampires are a big bad. They are no joke. I have found that in games, uh, whether strategy or, or reading novels or whatever, you know, in IPs, we'll say maybe not just games, that having a third faction to mix things up where, you know, everybody hates this one. Everybody hates this one. This one kind of goes in between. Look in D&D. &D, you got uh, Devils, Demons, and the Mercenaries, the Yugoloth, right? So to the Tenari, the Batsu, and the Yugoloth. It's always fun to have that third faction in there to mix it up. Here's the problem, though. If if uh, the, the, the goal of the master vampire is to make around a thousand secondary vampires or or a total of a thousand secondary and a thousand wild vampires. The reason being is once enough of the vampire intelligence's essence is in a world, the vampire intelligence can actually come into the world. And you do not want that. <laughs> Once the vampire intelligence is in the world, slaying the master vampire does nothing. Normally, before that happens, if you slay the master vampire, all that's left is the secondary vampires and the vampire intelligence cannot come in because the main, the, the main anchor to this plane of existence is the master. But once his body's in here, that, that giant sluggo, all mouth, tentacle, one eyeball thing is in this world, you're boned. It can make vampires just by touching folk. You're my vampire. You're my vampire. You be a vampire. You be, the Oprah Winfrey of Oprah Winfrey of vampires. This is you're my vampire. It's crazy. And and you yeah, but you know what? They could fight back against the Night Lords, right? 
Well, there uh, it didn't work in Rifts. There's at oh. least three or four vampire intelligences physically in the Rifts in Rifts Earth right now. What a great segue to the next comment. They are exactly the same. And when I mean exactly the same, I mean vampires don't have MDC. They don't have SDC. They only have hit points. Because of their special invulnerability, they're unchanged from here to Rifts. Completely unchanged. It's it's plug and play. Nordiorg says wild vampire, aka special needs vampire. Yeah. We're we're it's a more modern world. We we don't want to use the R word anymore. Artard? Yes. Okay. Mampir. That's, that's for the goth, the goth one. <laughs> there you go. And uh I really hate that picture. Plane. We could have picked something better. Yeah. I don't know. I think it gets a point across. You don't want to play one of these. No. Both breathers. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Okay. Uh, that's that's it then for. Well, I mean, well, that's it for now for Nightbane. Next week, what are you doing next week for us? Next week. Well, first, if you want something next week, make sure to like, subscribe, and share. That way, you'll know when next week thing happens. Mm -hmm. That's that's good. But next week, I'll be creating a Nightbane from scratch. If you want to see all of the roles, I'll make them completely transparent on our Discord. There's a die roller on our Discord. All of my roles will be in order of character generation. If you have the book or, or if you've, uh, you have the PDF or if you've watched our, our content, you can, you can follow along in my roles to see what I'm getting. And then I will present the finished character, how, how, how it was built, how it came about next week. And uh, let's see if I can break the streak of female privilege. <laughs> because most of my characters have the only extraordinary stat they have is physical beauty. Most of my characters are that way. And as fighters, they're weak as shit. They're just weak. Well, you know what? You could always go back two videos ago and look at my character and start, start from there. I'd like to see yeah. how that, that played out. <laughs> Uh, so also uh, uh, related to our Discord, remember, 9th of October. So next week, he's creating a character. You want to see those roles? You can come to our Discord. 9th of October, Sean Owen Robert. Oh, my God, I can't even say his name now. Sean Owen Robertson is going to be on the show. Also, if you have questions for him, post them on our Discord. We'd, uh, if, you want to, if you have anything that you've got concerns about or something you just want to ask about or something you really love that he's done, Go ahead and let us know on our or Discord. Or something that you hate. Or something that you hate. I was kind of negative. I was leading up. I started with the negative stuff, then went to the positive. No, Whatever. We got, we got a full dark side on him. He made Savage World for crying out loud. We, we got to go full dark side. I don't think he made Savage World. I don't think that was his invention. But. Whatever. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's part of the dark side. I mean, he's, he's the Emperor's minion then. I mean, Savage World itself isn't bad. No. Everything going to Savage. I mean, but that's like D and D five E. D and D five E. Whatever you want to think about it, that's fine. It's all these games. I have riffs. I have riffs right here. Oh, and I've made it five E compatible. Okay, now now I'm done. <laughs> yeah, not gonna buy that. Yeah, not gonna buy that garbage. If I want to play riffs, I want to play riffs. I've got Savage World riffs. Well, you've got a book that I'm never gonna have. So good job. I, hey, Max, you love Earth Done. What do you think of Savage World's Earth Done? It's not I, Earth done. <laughs> I think it belongs in Savage Worlds, just like Savage Worlds does. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, but but he'll be on. And again, come to our Discord, post your thoughts, your comments, your questions that you might have for him, and he and uh, we'll 
hopefully I can't promise anybody anything, but uh, we will try to address them on the 9th of October. And after that, like I said, 16th of October is going to be Riffs. That's right. We start Riffs, our final series. And Heath and Dog's got a lot of things to say about Riffs. And uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be world. fun. So there you go. That's coming up. Uh, do I have any banners to put up here? Any things that I need to, to shout out? Whatever. Uh, we don't need that. That's our schedule. There you go. That's our social media. We don't have any comments from last week, so we're not oh. going to do comments. Nope. Yeah, well, your comment. <laughs> oh, fair enough. So, and of course, like, subscribe, share. All right, I don't have a, I don't have a cover you, for segment you two. You don't have a picture for it? Okay, I'm gonna get more soda. Because right. I, I was actually debating not doing a segment two today, but yeah, we gotta have a segment two. No, we don't need to. No. Well, how about this? We'll go right uh, to segment three. No, no, let's let's do what chat says. If chat wants a segment two, do you want us to cover? What's it called? I don't know. An article, <laughs> 14 tips for a first-time dungeon master. Do you care? Do you care about us opining about 14 tips for a first-time dungeon master? Uh, put yes or no in chat. Yeah. Or, or do you do, or you can, if you put no, then we'll just move on to segment three and bring people on to talk about Nightbane. Yeah. And since, since this is the last of the book version of Nightbane, you can ask any questions about any part of Nightbane. And we'll do, we'll do our best. So, but wait, wait for me to come back with more soda. Okay. All right. Uh, it looks like yes is starting to win. Wow. Yes, we need a max rant. I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna rant about this. I might. There's, I'm sure there's something in here. So, uh, what these uh, rainy day segments are is uh, they're things, they're articles I've found, or you know, the top ten blah blah blahs that I've found that uh, I don't really read through them. I quickly skim like, okay, that looks like something I can talk about. Okay, funny. So I've got a bunch of those kind of saved up. And whenever there's like a, seg a day that it's just nothing I really want to talk about for segment two, then uh, I pop these in. I don't really like them because sometimes they don't elicit a rant. Sometimes I scroll through and I'm like, ah, yeah, that all made sense. Sometimes we can go off for quite a while. So it's kind of hit and miss. It's kind of hit and miss. 14 tips of what? It says 14 tips for a first time dungeon master. That's what it says. It's the name of the article. But it looks like uh, looks like the yeses have got it. I know those are 14 tips you should do the opposite of, I'm sure. It could be, basic expert. Could, could, could be. Uh, I don't know when I skimmed through this. I mean, this article is from last year, so this may have been actually in the rainy day fund for quite a while. 14 words for new names. Oh, we got one no. We'll wait till Heathen Dog comes back. Right now, the yeses are winning it, so it looks like, uh, looks like I'm going to have to make a graphic for this then. Oh, it's good to see everybody in chat. You guys like that Nightbane series? Uh, after this one, don't forget uh, uh, Victor Gorchev has uh, his uh, show, was it uh, the, the Dutch Oven? I think that starts at 4 p.m. Central, if I remember correctly. And... I think today, because his, I didn't see his video there, his stream there, uh, this is going to automatically, this stream is automatically going to push you over to Bruce Lombardo's stream. Because uh, he had his up. I could just go watch Bruce. Nowhere. There you go. So he's going to go watch Bruce anyway. Uh, so yeah, I think Bruce is streaming now. And when this uh, stream is over, it will automatically push you over to his. Uh, tip number one, read the book. That's not there. The whole thing is wrong. It might be there. It might. Not just no, but hell no. I don't know what he's saying hell no about, but okay. 
you don't want a segment two or you don't want to go watch the Dutch or go uh, sniff in the Duff, uh, Dutch oven. <laughs> I got nothing else. Check out legionmyth.tv. I've made a lot of updates to the webpage. Here we go. Here's one. Uh, I have 100 Palladium PDFs. Never even looked at uh, Nightbank. <laughs> Until you guys started the series, now I want to play it. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's not my style of game. It might sound weird, but it's not my style of game. Uh, but I do like I like it a lot better than I thought I was going to. I, I kind of put it in that area. It's like, yeah, this is going to be one step better than Dead Rain. Ugh. Now, to be fair, I might really like Dead Rain. I know a lot of people have been talking about it. I just hate the zombie trope. I also hate the vampire trope. So, you know, those are two things that make it really difficult for me to, to like something. Well, um, I don't recommend vampires in the game. So there you go. Yeah, there you I mean, go. <laughs> yeah you, you can lose them easy. You can lose the guardians. You can lose the vampires. You can lose the vampires. You can do whatever you, you can lose those. All you need are Nightbane and Night Lords and their friends. And that's it. That's all you need to play this game. All right. Anything we had one just making it one dissenter who said he's going to go watch Bruce right now instead of sticking around for this. But uh, other than that, everybody else said do the do the 14 things. So. All right, fine. Throw it up. Slide this over, this up here. Zoom in on this because I don't want to see all the ads on the side. Oh, crap. Oh, there we go. I had to zoom in far. Hey, where'd my, my stream go? Where is it? There you are. We'll throw up the... Uh, where is it? Um, I'll start yeah, with the, we'll... the banner or the, the disclaimer. Disclaimer. Oh, how about the intro slide? So the intro slide. I don't have a intro slide for this one. No, no, I meant the main intro slide, the RPG Digest intro slide. Yeah, and we then could. The... Yeah. All right, for segment two today, we are going to look at an article that uh, seems to be well, a little over a year old. It's been in the rainy day fund that I've got here. Things that uh, we look at when there's just not much else going on in the TTRPG sphere. And to be honest, and a lot of people, you could talk about Wizards of the Coast having that uh, free adventure set. I just don't care. <laughs> I don't care that Wizards of the Coast is ha is uh, making an after-school special D&D product for whatever. I don't care. Oop, that's segment one. Or that's uh, that's the stream. Hold on. The right disclaimer. There you go. There's our disclaimer. Opinions, commentary, hyperbole, he, him, his, the content, blah, 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 blah. Pause it, read it, love it, know it. Links! There you go! We have links! You can go check out our social media and Discord again for those of you who want to ask questions to Sean Owen Robertson, who is the heir apparent to Palladium Books. Come by our Discord and post something in the suggestions channel. You can check out our merchandise and charity or our alternative media below. And here is our wonderful schedule. If you like video games, Heathen Dog streams video games on Thursdays and Saturdays. If you like tabletop RPGs, we talk tabletop RPGs on Fridays and Sundays. Fun times for everyone. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And now, I share. Uh, okay, was this 14 tips to be a, what, a better dungeon master? It's not showing up in my shareable list. Oh, there it is. Wow, pretty far down the list. So some website called The Gamer, don't know what it is. Yeah. And uh, I, it could be good, could be bad, I don't care. And it's written by, what the fuck is that? Bipsh, Bipasha? Bipasha, Batia, whatever, dude. Tim, it's written by Tim. 
Because anytime you call tech support, hello, my name is Tim. Well, it's yep. not. All right, anywho. All right, I don't know what these 14 tips are. I know I scrolled through it at some point and said, oh, that looks like something we could talk about. But uh, who cares? 14, session zero. So number 14, whether it's your very first time DMing or you're a long time DM, running session zeros for each of your players can be a great way to get to know each party member and tie their backgrounds into your campaign. Uh, so, false. Well, let's let me finish up here. All right. Then session zeros are essentially prologue sessions you can run before the first session, and they can create much more organic means of starting a campaign than the usual classic meet up in a tavern, while allowing the DM and each given player to get a feel for the campaign. Okay. Uh, this is a tale of two paragraphs. <laughs> yeah, tale of two paragraphs. Uh, a session zero should not be individualized for each character because a session a session zero is supposed to be this create your character and introduce you to the world and if you decide you don't like that world you can leave the table that's it that's what a session zero is and you make your characters together mm -hmm. so everyone knows who they're who they're you know adventuring with so they can uh, create characters that shore up strengths or weaknesses in other characters. Like, oh, oh, we 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 all create our our characters separately, and we're all thieves. Well, or or I hate everybody with long black hair. Well, these three people have long black hair. Well, I hate them then. I'm mean, I gonna kill them the first yeah. time I see them. Yeah, some stupid. nonsense. Absolutely stupid. Everyone should make their character at the table in front of the game master every time. Every there are two time. paladins in the group. I'm playing an anti paladin. No, you're not. That's what I made. Uh, that's not what you're playing. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a, uh, uh, the first paragraph I pretty much disagree with. I don't care about your character's background, and I don't tie your character background into my campaign. You tie your character background into the setting and my campaign. Yeah, you, I am uh, not going to make your background work in my story. And anybody who says says no, the opposite of what I'm saying is wrong. wrong. It's wrong thing. Exactly. Uh, the game master creates the world. And then you make a character that could feasibly have grown up in that world. Yes. That's your job. Your job. Make your character fit in the framework of the world that you're, yes. that you're born into. It's not about what is possible because all things are possible in these noodles up here, especially some of you weirdos out there who, who pop a couple of pills and smoke a few things. Uh, your imaginations get a little loopy. Nah, -uh. it's what's probable. It's what has, what makes sense. Uh, what what is it that Cat Five Gaming said? Oh, the the logical consistency to the world, or verisimilitude, whatever term you want to use. It is your responsibility as the player creating the character to make that happen. All right. Yep. So the the second so, part uh, of it, yeah, it's just fourteen half strike already. Half strike. All right. All right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm going to read this while Keithan Dog is hopefully not killing one of his pets. Um, cater to your players. Running a campaign without catering to your players' interests is often like trying to fit a circle in a square hole. No matter how amazing your planned story may be, if it doesn't cater to the party, they'll have little to no reason to follow plot hooks. Those every one of those words is all about bad players providing yeah. incentives and plot threads that naturally lend themselves to your party can be a great way of keeping everyone invested. Okay. Here, here's a great way to keep the player characters invested. 
If you do not go on this quest, the world will be overrun by undead hordes. Choose your path. I want to build a thieves guild. Okay, you'll have one for about three days. And then the world will be overrun. <laughs> It'll be by a zombie hordes. guild. Yeah. yeah uh, the, the problem with this first paragraph here is like, okay, first of all, you've you've already kind of catered to their interests in session zero, right? Hey, yeah. I, I'm gonna be you know, I'm gonna be running an Earth Dawn game. And it's going to be about exploring parley. I don't know what Earthdawn is. Well, come on in. Let's check it out. We'll talk about that's what session zero is, right? It's we'll, we'll talk about it. And when you're on board with it, hey, that sounds fun. A high magic world where these things can happen. I like the spell casting sound of it. A lot of this sounds great. It's going to be kind of dark and maybe night banish because we're going to do parlay. You know, hey, this this can sound good. I'm in. I've already catered to the player. Yeah. Now uh, the first sentence sucks ass. Uh, running a campaign without catering to your players' interests is often like, I don't know, representation instead of escapism. I don't care about the person's interest, which is what you're talking about when you say player. The player character, on the other hand, is the only is the only person I care about in the game, during the game. Because the player isn't in the game the player character is the person in the game so you know i'm 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 not going to allow someone to create a uh uh an, an anti-paladin when everyone else is a paladin cleric or or you know devotee of the church that's just stupid that's catering to the player which is wrong now the second paragraph this can <laughs> This could take the form of tying the characters' backstories into the narrative. We already re we already answered that already in in, in, in the yeah. first one. Again, no, on, that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to send you to Dan in a minute. <laughs> Having quests that directly cater to the skill sets or desires of the party. Okay, nope. Again. There's well, there, there's a little there's a little bit to little that. truth, but your your main overarching story should not be dictated by the players. They you should make a character that is relevant to the setting slash exactly, the exactly right. Every once in a while, you you will get your own thing. I mean, uh, in in uh, in 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 D and D, when you make a certain level as a wizard or a fighter or a thief or whatever, you get to have followers, you get to have students, you get to have uh, thieves guild, you know, and all of that can be an adventure focused on you, then focused on you, then focused on you. That's fine, absolutely fine. But the overarching adventure should not be about the player's wants and needs. Should it? The, the second the sentence, world. you know how sentences within a paragraph are all supposed to relate? Yes. This second sentence doesn't relate to the first sentence. When it says, this can be anything from the possibility for a wizard to access new spell books to read or incentivizing a fighter with the prospect of superior gear. That's just called playing the game. Yeah. I mean, as you, as you play the game, you get spell books and superior gear. There, there, there's, there's no need for player specialization at that point. You know, it happens. It's called loot. <laughs> I don't All get right. it. Be okay, flexible. 13. Fully, fully, fully X. Okay. Full X on that one. So be flexible. Wow. Flexible. There we go. That's weird. With your plot. Okay. So far, I'm not walking see, away. See, this is where you and I might disagree, but we'll see what it says. I don't know. Okay. As much hard work a DM may put into planning his campaign, if one thing in the universe is certain, it's that D&D players will do things their DMs don't account for. That fair. is, yes, yep. Fair. 100% okay. fair. Yep. This is far from a negative thing. Correct. It's just expected. 
I don't know about far from negative, but not inherently well, negative. Right, right. Okay, I'll go with that. As this unpredictability and need to improvise is what D&D is all about and often leads to some of the most memorable parts of a campaign. Yes, I Again, actually agree fair. with that. Fair. Yeah. Fair. That said, this okay. means that DMs must be willing to be flexible with their plans and be able to shy away from railroading the experience through what the DM wants, letting the players do what they want to do. Okay, half points on that one. Okay. Half points on that one. Uh, for, for me, the players will do what I want. They won't know they're being railroaded and I don't care what they want to do, but that's just me. Are you hitting any chat by the way? Uh, I, no, sorry. I have, I've been kind of glancing at it. Like I'm a star one, but, uh, if you want to star some more. Okay. Um, uh, so here's, here's one of my problems with this, but, uh, but I'm kind of nitpicking when I say this, let the players do what they want to do. no. Because there comes a point where you are, you're just being a bad player. If you know that there are five adventure hooks, three adventure hooks, whatever. Well, one is you can attack the ogres. Two is you can, you know, walk or you can find the spell that will trap the ogres in crystal gems or something. And three is uh, uh, save the archduke's daughter from the from, from the evil hegemony that that is kidnapping her. Right. Yeah. But again, I wanted to relate it to the ogre things. That's, you know, just, somehow, some way. Right. But you're like, no, I don't like dealing with ogres in my game, so we're going we're gonna to go to the next kingdom over. Well, then you're just being a bad player. I've given you enough hooks. You can do things different ways. You can go save the daughter. I'm still going to throw the ogres at you. You can go attack them. You can go, fight. You can go do something that doesn't directly relate to them at all by exploring a whole different dungeon, cave, keep ruins, studying, you know, whatever. A spell. Um, but ultimately, if you're like, I don't like any of them, well... At some I'm point, tell you, man. Then the, I guess there's no game today, because uh, I, I I haven't I haven't used all of my uh, finite free time to create twenty adventures and for you to choose, you know, and have 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 me beg for your choice like Oliver Twist begging for food. No, sorry, it's not. My happen. character would never save princesses because he doesn't like princesses. Okay, does he like money? Does he like prestige? Does he like oh, power? No, no, I can't. I can't have money. I can't have money, not if it comes from a prince saving princess. <laughs> and it sounds you, stupid when you say shit like that, but I yeah. have met players that do that nonsense. And here, but here's the flip side. You've got to have more than one thing for them to do, one possibility. Yeah. And yeah, you, the DM can't be so tied into like my campaign must go from here to here to here to here right. to here. And everything else. Give, yeah, you have to give them the illusion of choice. All three of these hooks will eventually lead to the same place. You know that. They should know that. But they have the illusion of choice. You can choose A, B, or C. And if they decide to choose none of them, because the players themselves, oh, I don't think I like any of that, then they can walk. All right. Number so 11. Again, number, number 12. Half? Complete, complete, no, well, okay, half. All right, fine. Half check. Yeah, I think that's a half. That's a half. All right, 11. Communication is key. All right, this could go a couple different ways. By and large, one of the most important things a DM can do is, communi is communicate with the party. Communication ensures that everyone is on the same page regarding the campaign. Ask your players what they are and aren't enjoying, what they are most interested, what's confusing them, etc. Okay, 
that never works. You know why? Okay, here's an example. For for all all, all of you beta bobs out there, if if you're ever if you ever if you ever get a girl in bed, which you won't, and and as you as you're as you're having your your nighttime activity, say, is this okay? Am I doing this right? Am I doing this? That's a turn off. They're going to lose respect for you. Same thing for players. All right, you as a game master can see their faces. When you do something they don't like, they're not the going to hold it to themselves. They're going to tell you. You don't need to ask and bring yourself down from a position of master to servant. You do not serve the players. But if you see the if you see more than one player not liking what's going on, you can choose to pivot. Asking them takes away respect. And as a game master, you require respect to function. I'm not going to provide my response until after the second paragraph. Okay. Um, this allows you to shape and prepare future sessions with this feedback in mind. Additionally, openly communicating with your party about what they want from the campaign, whether it be more combat or role-playing, can help make sure that everyone is having fun and getting what they want out of the game. Again, you don't need to ask this because the people are going to say after the game session is over, if they like combat and it was a combat heavy game session, they're going to be, they're going to be psyched, right? They're like, oh, that was freaking awesome, man. That was great. Or if there was a whole lot of, of interaction with NPCs, a lot of role play after that session's over, they're going to be psyched. And as a game master, you're going to see that you're going to see what they like. Asking them is meaningless. So just, li I just listen to what they say to each other. So I disagree with Heath and Dog a little bit on this one. One, because I make it a point at the end of every session as I'm handing out experience points to say, all right, guys, what you like? What didn't you like? So forth. Now, do I take it as gold? Do I take it as like, oh, they said they didn't like combat. Well, F that. It's a role-playing game. It's going to have some combat. But it might help me tailor some things in the future to be either less combat heavy or provide yet another option to avoid the combat. Should they choose to take it? I don't know. But I, I actually do at the end of every session, Omen, I'll set up there, I like the AR after every game. I, I do that. And Heath and Doug may remember that from uh, like my Earthdawn games. At the end of it, okay, guys, what'd you like? What didn't you like? Uh, to, if you got any, uh, something I missed, comments, suggestions, whatever. Again, it's to give them the ability to say something. Now, whether I take it or not is still on me. I don't look, oh my God, I got three people that said combat lasted too long and two people that said that I need more combat. What do I do? No, it's just, okay. There's a mixture, so it looks to me like I probably need to just make sure I give them a little bit of time to role play and give them a little uh, combat seem to be fine because it's 50-50 split. I don't know. It'll just you feel it out. Now, if somebody's in, I, where I do agree with them is if somebody's really pissed off, like, oh my God, why are we doing this again? Okay, yeah, that person's going to let you know. Yeah. If you disrupt oh my, my game, God, I'm going to let you know. After what, the game, at, right after the game, players talk to each other right in front of you like 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 you don't exist which is awesome and you just listen to him i like <laughs> that i didn't like that why why do you do this what why, why did why did you do that you know they're they're gonna they're gonna talk themselves they're they're, they're gonna show themselves every time so you just yeah. listen and you know <laughs> Mr. A, Mr. asking them for their advice on how to run your campaign is coming from a position of weakness which is something you should never do mr max says oh you like the game <laughs> Uh, you liked everything in session? All right, I have 500 XP. Oh, you didn't like the combat? Only 250. That's not how I do it. No, <laughs> no. In fact, I hand out XP before I ask, uh, ask the question yeah. or as I'm asking the question. But yeah. 
All right, number ten. I, I give that one a half. Also, again, I, I can't full full marks off. No, actually, I give I give it a full. I you know I'm not going to read into this what might not be there. I'm going to give it a full point myself. You say full point. No, I say full point. Yes, it's just fine. Okay. Ten. Read your dungeon master's guide thoroughly. Okay, now this one's for crafty. <laughs> this one's for crafty. No, you read your dungeon master's guide so you are familiar enough with it to quickly go to the right section. That's all you really need to do. That's all that's really necessary. Do you need to, you know, do you need to memorize the entire thing? No, no, you don't. But you have to be able to refer to it with a quickness. All right, let's see what this says here. He that's already answered. Doesn't even know what the paragraph says yet. Uh, while this might seem obvious, it's a really a crucial step toward being a good DM in several ways. First and foremost, it contains the rules and instructions on how Dungeons and Dragons is to be played and how you as the DM make sure that the rules are followed. Again, I think Crafty would agree with that because so many things that happen out there on Twitter land about the game and, and so forth. Crafty's like, but on page XXX of the 5th edition DMG, there's a rule for that. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, it also had now this one's weird. It also has a list of magic items, explanations of the D&D multiverse and other more factual content. The other half of the book contains guidelines for dungeon masters who want to create their own adventures. If it's your first time, oh that is this is about being a first time dungeon it master. Is, right? It is. It's probably best to try to module first. If you have an idea that you can't wait to do, go for it. I, or, but if I you agree. have an idea. I agree. You know, if you're a first time game master, um, a module is a really good way to go. But I don't like modules. Eh, eh, eh. Shut up! It's a first-time game master. He should. He should have. A, he could have a module. It's fine. And it's players fine. are usually pretty forgiving of first-time dungeon masters. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of torn on this because I'm of the mindset that a, a dungeon master doesn't have to memorize every rule, doesn't have to know every word no. written in the book. In fact, you remember reading D Genesis where it says you are not going to be able to do this no matter how much no. you try. That's because there's uh, a thousand pages, man. You're yeah, not going right. to know everything in this book. But the at the same time, the damn thing are going to miss stuff. Read uh, by reading the DMG, which I think you should read through at one time. Memorizing, yeah. eh, but read through at one time. You're at least like Heathen Dog said before, you're going to know where the things are. And if you really have to reference something, you can reference it. Or you might understand it well enough that while you get the actual quote-unquote specific rule wrong, you still made a ruling, didn't have to make a rule, everybody moved on, and you had a good time. So I, I don't think it's a it's a rule. You have to read it, nah, but I do think that you, well, no, you read have it through to it one read time. it, but you don't have to memorize it. Yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. read it, be familiar with it, and it, you're familiar enough to where if you need to look up something, you can look it up quickly because you know the section. And familiar enough with it to where all of the tricks and tips you know, that they have in the in the DMG, then you know you read that you can you can remember it or remember enough of it to make a ruling. That's right. fine. And of course, the whole module thing, hundred percent, I agree with. 100%. Let's uh, let's hit some chat up. We're about quarter way through. So Iron Man says. Uh... Setting first versus players first. This is a major distinction between OSR and modern RPGs. I think everything else is a subset of that. At least it seems that way. Um, a lot of a lot of OSR people won't even say setting first. They'll say, uh, "Was it game first? Yep. Is that what it is? Yeah, game first. I I go. So I think the back of the first edition DMG says game first, uh, campaign second, uh, players third. Campaign. I use the term campaign and setting synonymously. So I believe setting first. Game second, players third. Yep. The setting players are always in the last of the totem pole because 
uh, as far as a game master is concerned, they're the least important. <laughs> uh, Tarthik says, I cater my to my players by running a game and having things for them to do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Uh, Conover says, but, but, but agency, you're railroading me. I want to treat this like an open world video game. Wah. Okay. Well, again, you know, the, all game masters railroad their, their, their players. It's just that if they, if they're good at it, they don't, they don't realize it. You know, yeah. that's it. Well, th th so there's a difference. So he's way more railroady than me. Yes. Okay. Uh, now, to be fair, because I always have to say this, otherwise he gets about 5 million comments about how he sucks. I've been in his games and they're fun. Okay. I am much more open now, but I'm not perfect sandbox still because I'm of the mindset that as a player, the, the dungeon master comes in with what he's prepared for, right? Right. And if you want to go off the fucking rails completely, you know, as somebody you say, I do it to test a dungeon master, see how well he thinks off his feet. Well, fuck well, you're you. You're a bad player. Yeah, you're a bad player. You're a bad now, player and probably a bad person. Yeah. Now, so if I don't you just, know you. If you just randomly do something that's off the beaten path, yeah, I do have to deal with that to some degree. But if you're just being obstinate or like, no, my character would only do this. Well, again, that's bad role playing to, to use the whole, my character only does. Remember, Obi-Wan Kenobi shot Grievous yeah, with a fucking yeah. blaster. Yeah, there is no absolutes in, in, uh, in role playing. There's not. So. Anyway, anyway, uh, generally speaking, I do like things to be more open, more sandboxy, because I know that my timelines are going to move on either way. <laughs> yeah, it's up to you. Like, like he was saying before, the zombie horde might be coming in three days if you still want to build that thieves guild. Okay, let's talk about building that thieves guild. <laughs> yeah, and and but the, but then if you let them do that, they're going to blame you anyway. I don't see that doesn't bother me. See, yeah, see, but you you get blamed either way. I'd rather. I, I would rather get blamed for doing what I want to do instead of get blamed for them doing what they want to do. Because I'm me, I'm more important than you. So I want to have fun. My fun is paramount. Your fun is secondary. Heathen dog, you're an autocrat. Yes, I am. <laughs> Being flexible is one thing, but when your party has been working in a direction and does a sudden 180, yes, and I've played with players that do that, and expecting me to just go with the flow is beyond narcissistic. Yes. Uh, it hasn't happened recently, no. but ages past, yes, I had players in my game, hell, uh, full disclosure here, Von Zark on my Discord and I, we were a couple of the players that would do that to a couple of DMs. Yes, we were bad players. So, yeah, um, uh, is, is, think of it this way. This is one of the reasons. So, like, uh, I've been going through uh, Mutant Year Zero, Mutant Gen Lab Alpha to make videos, right? And one of the things that it says is in the in the uh, order of running the adventures, it says, okay, do the out of character stuff first, then do the in character stuff. And I think that's backward. If you don't know what it means, don't worry about it. And the reason I say that's that's backward is because by finding out what they do out of character. Now I know what they're going to do in character, and I have that week to prepare. So I finish the game on the out-of-character stuff because it directs what's going to happen, because they make the decisions for what they're going to do in character next week. Or, oh, you just did this, or, oh, you didn't do that. Now I know what to prepare for next week. 
I it's, think of it as ending on like a cliffhanger or ending it on a decision point that now they've made the decision. I get to base the adventure off that decision instead of saying, okay, what's the decision? Ah, now I know because if that decision is, you know, I give them options A, B, and C and somehow they pick F and it's really shit. I should have thought about F. You see what I'm saying? I, th- I it, it, then now if they decide throughout the week, you know what? We all decided that, you know, remember when we said we were going to do uh, this? Well, we decided we want to do that. Now you made that decision in character or out of care or whatever at the table. That's the decision you're going with. If through the course of play, you want to do something else after you start down that path, that's fine, but you're going to start down that path. That's why I like to end it that way. So hopefully that makes sense to people. Uh, Players don't know what they want and what they'll enjoy. I don't know yeah. if I agree with that. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. Maybe maybe it's because I see it from the other side. It's not they don't know what they want, what they'll enjoy. Well, there's part of that. It's they think they won't enjoy something that they will. I for me, I get it all the fucking they fight time. It. Yes, they fight it. Yes, they 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 will fight their own enjoyment just because they don't think that they should or uh, how many times have you heard people say they won't play in my games i've said it and people have said it more to me but yeah i've heard it well probably actually on this show they've said it more to you i'm talking in 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 life in general yeah people say uh, it all the time when i describe my games like i keep you poor no you can't have that no you can't do these things maybe you can earn it later on no that's going to take three months to learn but it's said i don't care you know like i put all these likely the end <laughs> yeah that's yeah, uh, you know, I have these limitations. I'll never play in your game. And yet when they play, all of a sudden they have fun. People say the same thing about Heathen. Like, oh my God, you railroad everywhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's some truth to that, but I never felt completely railroaded because I'm still able to role play my character. Yeah, I mean, it, he, they, they all got to where I wanted them to go because I forced them there, but I didn't force them to do it my way. I forced them to do it their way. They got to choose how they got to the end, but all of them got to the end. The end that I wanted. <laughs> yeah, I can't promise that you'll get to the end that I want. <laughs> That's, uh, yes, motherfucker, read that DMG! <laughs> <laughs> Damn. No one reads the DMG. Oh, that's mean. Oh, did you kill the other one? Because I had the other crafty comment up not, here. I did not unstart oh. anything. Oh, okay. Well, the other crafty comment on uh, he had on here, well, it's too far back. I don't care anymore. Oh, well, he basically says that people get the rules wrong in 5e all the fucking time, and he's always correcting them. And he screenshots pages like, dude, it's right there in this page. <laughs> like, and they're like, oh, I didn't know it was there. If you're going to be damned, be damned for who you are. Yeah, there you go. There it is. Yeah. Ravenslayer said, agreed. Players come in a far third. Remember, though, if you piss off your players too much, you won't have players at the table. That's At the true. same time, yeah. don't let them direct. You know, if you yeah. set up how the game's supposed to be, they're not the directors of it; they're the no. actors in it. Do not pander to them. They will take it. it they're, they're, you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. That's what that's what they do. It's their nature. Hold on, I need to get that clipped. Somebody has to has to forever clip this. <laughs> <laughs> Gladly playing your game. You DM like I do. That's nice. Uh, and then the last one we have here is Mark Hawkman. Uh, as someone who's been in a Heathen Dog Run game, it was kind of like choose your own adventure book. Adventure. Yeah, you make choices, and choices matter. But you're generally following the preset story. Yeah, he ran yeah. a module for that one. Yeah, I had a module for that. That was obvious. But it, it's that that module is the same as as my games. I mean, you can choose 
any of these choices, but it's all going to lead you to where I want you to go. And that's it. You're not going to end up in, 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 in some place I did not foresee. In my games, you could end up somewhere where I didn't foresee, but you're not going to be obstinate about it. You know, if again, I, I say this because it's such an extreme exaggeration. It makes the point quickly is, uh, you could be fighting for the empire, trying to destroy the evil cultists, and then one day say, you know what? We decide, screw this. We want to join the cultists. And I will say, the adventure's on pause. <laughs> I need to retool this, but okay. No. I, me, I would say no. No. Because that completely breaks my adventure. So no. Well, I don't want to play. Okay. You ruined so, the game. Good job. I, see, I don't think it ruins the game because I still think that the timelines go on. The world is still growing. So I'm not trying to tell a story. The story comes from the gameplay. I'm not saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to tell the story of uh, saving uh, saving the universe from... or th That's probably too far. Uh, saving, let's do the princess daughter thing. Saving the saving princess the daughter kingdom. thing. Yeah. Saving the kingdom, getting the princess daughter back, so on and so forth. Maybe you find out, I don't like this kingdom. I'd rather just burn it down. Now... You've got to have a reason to get to that point. It can't just yeah, be like I one mean, day, like, oh, we just decided, oh, we just had to burn it down. Why? Because we flipped a coin. What? Thank no. you, Joker. No, no, it's not happening. The, but there, 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 are, there are no, there are no two faces in your group. Sorry. Can't but maybe like all of a sudden you find out, oh, I didn't realize that this was happening. I didn't realize that the kingdom was uh, paying the thieves guild to actually harm people. I didn't realize that the kingdom, you know, had this uh, uh, underground slavery. I didn't under realize that the kingdom was actually funding the cultists because it keeps them in perpetual war and keeps, you know, you, you see what I'm keeps saying? Like, in power, blah, blah, blah. I get it. Yeah. All of a sudden you're like, I don't think I want to support the kingdom because we're five people. We're not overthrowing the kingdom. And if you run yeah. a game where five people can overthrow the kingdom, you're a bad game master. Yeah, uh, it's too high power campaign. Sorry. Yeah, or, or yeah, they're all 20th level. And at that point, they're running their own kingdoms anyway. Yeah. Uh, but maybe then they want to switch sides. You know, it would just make better to switch sides. Okay, I will let that happen. I wasn't expecting it because I kind of thought that you just let the laissez-faire kingdom go. But you know what? You uh, so anyway, my point, my point in saying all that is the fact that I, I'm more open than him when it comes to that, but I do have my limitations where you're not going to be a dick at the table. Just, oh, let's see what happens when I do this. Oh, you killed the Kingsguard. Guess what? Now you're going to have mercenaries, a whole bunch of other Kingsguard, maybe even a thousand uh, or a hundred thousand person army coming after you. Because they're not going to let that fly. No. You, you, uh, you attacked the crown. Yeah, and that's that's not something that is just let go. All right, move on to next. Yep, we're moving on next. All right, all right. Have and be familiar with your own copy of the player's handbook. So apparently, you're supposed to memorize the DMG, <laughs> but just be familiar with the player's handbook. Be familiar with the player's handbook, which has all of the actual rules in it. But okay, that's well, fine. not in first edition, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay, oh, three paragraphs. Now, if you're going to be a dungeon master, why would you need the book made for players? Okay, that's right. This is for beginning. Think, I don't this think is... I've ever, I don't think I've ever heard that or read that before. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is mind blown. That's, that's a sentence that no one else has uttered. But it's for brand new players. Remember that. Okay. Brand new DMs. Brand new DM DMs. DMs. Right. Well, the player's handbook has many of the same rules that are detailed in the Dungeon Master's Guide, but it also has all the basic options for creating characters, basic items, and the library of basic spells. Oh, common sense. This. These, nope. New players. New players. New players. New players. New, these new things. DM, new DM. 
And these things are important for a DM to be familiar with because not only is there a possibility that you'll have to reference it to create companion NPCs that might accompany the adventuring party, but you need to have the descriptions for the spells as well. Sure. Yep. Not to mention, as the DM, people at the table will most likely turn to you if they have questions about their character's spells and other rules. That is true. It shouldn't be, but that is true. Uh, me, me I, I think you and I agree that a character is responsible for knowing what they can do. But if they have a question about it or that, or they need a judgment call, yes, they're going to ask the, the game master. So I, I agree with this. I mean, it, it, it seems obvious, like, like, I don't know. Um, insulting yeah, it, it, that, the that's, that's the problem with me. Is this everything yeah. in here is like insultingly yes? obvious, but <laughs> still true. Yeah. So, Okay. I give it full marks. I got to yep. give it full marks. Chat, chat's got some things to say. And yeah, I, yeah, the player's handbook is also for the GM. Uh, don't need to memorize the spells just at the moment. If I need to make a ruling. Yeah, right. Right. All right. I, to me, this was asinine, but you make a good point. You, you know, by being obvious, but you know, again, it's for new DMs. Okay. 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 Don't be afraid to mark up bookmark, etc. your monster manual. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's no need to destroy books here, Captain Fahrenheit 451. We don't need that. Uh, the, they made sticky notes now. It's, 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 all, it's all been all the rage for years. I apologize. Really great bookmarks. I apologize to everyone. That's my second edition player's handbook. Yeah, see, you know. You I don't, don't do it anymore. Do I don't do you it don't, anymore. You don't need to do that. Sticky notes. Oh, here's a great one. Look at all that. Oh my God, Jesus, man! <laughs> they, they they even have little little tiny sticky note things for underlining stuff. Yeah. You know, they even have that, so it doesn't actually damage the book. Jesus. Yeah. Sorry, but that was that was uh, back in 1990 ish. So you know. Uh, anywho, obviously, if you're going to be a dungeon master, you'll need the monster manual. However, all D&D books can be a little pricey in the idea of... Do- oh, look, if you're going to be a dungeon master, that's kind of part of your job. Sorry, but okay. And the idea of doing anything to them other than carefully leafing through the pages may seem ludicrous. No, it's a good... Look, there's a reason my Earth Dawn book is taped up. My AD&D second edition book is taped up. It's because it's what I ran. It's what I used. It's what I played. If you're afraid to use the book, don't fucking play. If you really have to have a copy that stays pristine, buy two. I really hate it when people are like, be, be careful with my player's handbook, unless it's already falling apart. Because if yeah. opening the book and paging through it like a normal human being, not like some random weirdo, like just bending it all backward or whatever, is, is a problem for your book, fuck off. It's supposed to be used when you play. <laughs> like, uh, Despite all this, don't be afraid to use your books, particularly the monster manual. In the interest of efficiency, you can put Mark sticky notes. Hey, he the dog. Hey. Either, on yeah. pages you'll need during your session so you can find monsters quickly and flip through the different ones without losing your place man i was such i know this is controversial i'm gonna get hate Are you ready for me to say it go for it. i love the second edition monsters compendiums it had a flaw that yes it was two-sided that was probably save a couple of trees i loved popping out those things out of the three ring binder and putting them in uh you know a folder or my own three ring binder to say these are the creatures i'm prepared for this week Loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Yeah, I get it. In addition, if you make modifications to monsters, instead of putting it on a separate piece of paper that could get lost, write it in your book. No. No! (laughs) (laughs) 
note cards man note cards uh tiny strategies like this will save you needless page flipping and paper shuffling see now i we uh, obviously you you've shown that you've done this mark marked up your book and you don't do it anymore yeah. i did this too when i was you know 12 and 13 and i don't do it anymore so what's the reason for that well as as a as a you know a new game master i wanted to you know highlight stuff and change stuff so i did it permanently in the book with pen or ink or whatever and that was wrong it was a crutch that damaged the damage my book Be because now i've crossed things out and some some of them i can't read anymore because i crossed them out with with a vengeance because at the time i was certain i wanted the rule to change to be this well, now I know that that rule was there for a reason. It, it had a domino effect on many other things, powers and abilities down the road and changing it was a mistake, but now I can't change it back because I permanently marked my book. So for any new game masters they out lost. there, do not permanently mark your book. Put in a sticky note and put in the paragraph number and the sentence number and this is, the, this is your replacement. Put that on the sticky note. That's why I have the book. three ring binders. Uh, I don't think I have no. Well, that my D and D misc one, maybe you can see it there. I'm not sure. Um, that that has some stuff that I that I've done that I've changed. Has some of my house rules, but uh, yeah, I, I I like to keep things kind of separate now. Note cards are my favorite thing. I don't like sticky notes myself as much. I use those for something else. But I, when it comes to the game side of things, I love the index card. The big ones. I use the big ones too. Well, whichever your way, yeah. you know, whichever is more most comfortable. But don't permanently change your book, because you, because you know that that is a permanent solution to a possibly temporary thought. That's never good. Just 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 like uh, killing yourself, because life is shitty. Life is only shitty right now, man. That is a permanent solution to a temporary problem, and there's no walking back from that. Same thing with damaging your books. That at at best you got to spend another fifty bucks now. I can promise you that any book that I used regularly in the '90s has highlights. For me, it was the '80s, but yeah, I, I get your meaning. When I was 12, 13, and fourteen, I I would mark up my books. See, and then uh, and then then I got into high school, and I was like, you know what? Uh, that that was a bad idea. I realized that's actually where I, I started I, doing it was in high school. Oh well, okay. Uh, but my thing that I was I remember is like. Okay, so I mark it up. That's fine. I'm using it. Who cares? I never really considered that oh, this could be out of print one day and I might not ever be able to get a copy again. <laughs> yeah. Know? So, All right. Let's move on to number seven. Or unless you want to hit the chat. I think well, we yeah, can do uh, a couple more. Uh, uh, the index card thing. Mr. Max says the index card is his idea too. So that's good. Yeah. I, and, I uh, go ahead. Yeah. And uh, Kill Raven uh, filed under stupid shit you did when you were young and now regret. Yeah. Mark, marking up your books. That's exactly what it is. Stupid shit you regret. So yep. this is I, I give no marks for this one because it's it's actually creating creating future regret. Marking uh, up your books is creating future regret. Just hit them since we only have three left here. Um, Someone is so what? Someone is so much. Put, put a oh, pencil mark on oh. my books. I'm slapping them. Okay. Now, I I have I have been. Mm. I am not proud of this. This is one of the things in my life I have done that I'm not proud of. Whether you think they're it's whether you think what I have all the things I've done are right or wrong, I'm still proud of that proud of them. This is not one of them. 
Someone spilled soda on my book while it was open. I picked up that book, shook it, wiped it, took another book and beat that person in the head with it. I'm not proud of that. Shouldn't I, I shouldn't have lashed out like that, but it was, it was an intense anger and I couldn't control myself because I was a kid. So there you go. I own a book that I have no need to ever own because I spilled syrup on it. And the guy's like, well, that's nice. Uh, you get to buy me a book. Keep that one. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's the Nosferatu book for, uh, for vampire. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have no need for that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I was playing a Nosferatu at the time. And I was going through this where I got my shock rocker idea from. It was actually from that book. And uh, then I uh, was having breakfast when I stationed on Kunsan and Serp ran out of my uh, my little styrofoam thing. And I was like, uh-oh. Couldn't clean it. Told him about it. And you know what's fun is, um, you know how easy it is to order modern books? Not so Not much when you're in Korea back then. Yeah. Yeah, when you're in <laughs> Korea, there's is a lot more hoops jump through. Cost more. PDF it. Yeah, that's, I mean, nowadays except, you can do that. Except there are some people, you know, Max and myself, who don't like reading from PDFs. He hates it. I just, I just think it's annoying. He I don't like it. reading computer screens at all. Even reading this is annoying to me. Yeah. And then finally, uh, I, I went through my 5e monster manual and wrote all the errata. Well, the mathematical errata. I mean, what you do with your book is your business like that. I don't hate people like I'm not going to say to be like, oh, my God, you write in your book or you you highlight. I don't care. It's I just your don't book. I'm not going to be like I'm not going to take a high horse mad on you, you know, but it's it, it it's something that everyone regrets after they do. It's, it just is. So crafty one thing. Are you going to end up regretting it? I don't pull out the car, even books that I got in the eighties and nineties. I don't pull out the cards or untab anything either. My earth on book while it is being held together by scotch tape and whatever the hell else is holding Dreams. it together. Uh, and prayers. Uh, it still has the cards inside of it fully in there. I didn't, I didn't remove them. So. Uh, all right. So we are now on take notes, notes, and more notes. Oh, it's everything unstarred now. Okay, good. As a dungeon master, you're essentially an omniscient god in control of the entire world and everything going on in it. Man, if you'd only said that in the first... <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. We're on the same page now. In reality, you probably don't have a godlike memory, so taking notes is crucial. Oh, I can see that. Okay. Don't try to keep everything straight in your head because something will get forgotten or confused. This is so Fair true. Enough. Fair yeah. enough. Don't be afraid to pause the action for a second so you can jot something down either. It's up to you Fair. to keep track of things. I have a caveat to that, but... Um, oh, that's a period, not a comma. Uh, so it's, it's up to you to keep track of things, such as what characters are doing and so much more. Consider getting a large notebook with divided sections so you can label and keep plenty of writing utensils on hand. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is stuff I do. I have yeah, one caveat to this. Where was What's it? Uh, oh, he says, don't be afraid to pause the action for a second so you can jot something down either. Caveat. Be afraid if you're going to ruin the flow of what is happening. Now, there are tricks you can do. You can encourage the players to role play a little bit while you're writing yeah. something down. Talk amongst each other. You know, get trick them into talking amongst each other for a second or talking, you know, to, to something else or rolling something else and then write some stuff down on the sly while they're doing that. And that's it. But again, this is a new game master technique yep. and yep. a new game master. If you feel overwhelmed for a second, 
do not be afraid to pause to write something down or to look something up because because uh you know stopping the action for for uh, you know 20 seconds is not as egregious of a foul as getting something wrong and someone dies or loses something because of it right and so and the I'm, players I'm I'm down with this. The players who are out there like, oh my God, you just ruined the flow of everything. Well, those are people that are just trying to complain about stuff. Let's let's use an example. I I don't understand this at all. Look, if you guys out there, every single one of you could post in disagreement with me and I still won't understand it. I don't like initiative. It slows down the game. How can something that's literally part of the game slow down the game? That is an, an... (laughs) that's that's part of playing the game like it does that doesn't make sense to me oh it breaks the flow of combat no it doesn't because it's literally part of the flow of combat let's use earth dawn earth dawn's great because you have to declare your actions before you roll initiative because things can happen that by declaring those actions that affect your initiative roll you declare your actions go around the table you roll your initiative then you go in the order of whoever's highest goes first Oh, oh my God, that's too many steps. If that is a fucking hangup for you, you're in the wrong hobby. Go and do your improv shit back at your drama class in school. This is also a game. LARP it up, buddy. LARP it up. And you know, on the flip side, there's the, here's the other extreme. The war gamers out there who want to spend 20 minutes looking up every goddamn rule every fucking round. Like, <laughs> no. No. Both of those extremes are bad. Taking a moment to say, you know what? Uh, 30 seconds, go pee or something if you want real quickly. I got to write something down. Then we're right back into this. It's not a problem. No, it's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with this whole thing. Full marks yeah. on this. One. Same Full here. marks. Is Chad agreeing? I hope so. Let's move on. Six. Decide what style of play you're running. That should be okay, a session zero. A session zero thing where where <laughs> you as the game master decide and then you tell the players what you're going to run. If the players don't want to do that, then someone else needs to be a game master. There are two ways to play Dungeons Dragons. Two? Really? Only okay, two? Okay, let's see wow, what he says. You, you really, dude, do you also have the unified field theory in your pocket? <laughs> right? Particularly when it comes to combat and dungeon crawls. The first style is playing gridded map or game board and miniature figures. Okay, battle yeah. map style. Okay, the other style is, is known cool. as theater of the mind. Um, you do realize that most battles are a mixture of the two. It isn't this or this. As much as I hate miniatures... I still sometimes they're necessary. Yeah, sometimes they're necessary. I still I do it abstract. I do in more theater of the mind, but I couldn't run some of my battles purely theater of the mind completely yeah. without saying, okay, this is a tree written on the napkin. You're behind it. This 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 die that I'm setting right here is going to be the cover that the enemy is behind. You know, you can do everything abstract, but you don't have to just be one or the other. All right, let's uh, the other style is known as theater of the mind. In this style, there's rarely visual props. Rarely, okay. And All if right. there are, it's most likely a basic map and the players picture the action with your imaginations. Yes, sure. but it's not pure theater of the mind, though, either. I understand. He, and, and, okay, the, the, the sentence was, this whole, whole paragraph was structured incorrectly, but his ideas... Fair. Fair. Okay. Got it. What's next? D&D's rules have a lot of dimensions to them. Movement ranges, area of effect spells, and so many more to consider. This can be difficult for everyone to keep track of without a visual aid. Uh, Yeah, I can agree with that. Can be. Can be, yep, exactly. On the other hand, hauling around boards and figures can be quite a hassle. Discuss it it with your players and decide what would work best for everyone. No. No. 
Nope. Again, you're giving players too much power. You are you are the game master now. You are the lord and master of all the universe. You decide how the game is going to run. If you want to do pure theater of the mind and people just can't handle it, it's your decision to put in some visual aids. Mm-hmm. Not not because they demand it, be, because you are gifting it to them. You don't give player. You know, players cannot take anything from you. You can only give. You're the one who takes. I well, I haven't run a full campaign since making those ultimate dungeon terrains up there. I have run a few adventures. I bring my ultimate dungeon terrain and I bring a rolled up vinyl map that I that I have markers for. That is how I do it. And if I have to, if I can use my dungeon terrain, great. If something's maybe bigger or I, I have to represent it more in a map type frame, I will draw it up. This is a hill. This is the wall. And yeah. you guys are about right there. <laughs> and, that, that, and that's about it. That's about all you need. Yeah. You know, I mean, the 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 only time you would need pure, you know, inches labeled on the map is if, uh, for example, a top of my head example, uh, I want to create a wall of stone, but according to the spell, it has to be anchored on two points. Am I high enough level to, from this spot, anchor it to that point and that point? Can I, can it reach? So then you have to know to the foot this point and that point, your two anchor points. You have to know how far they are away to the foot to see if your wall of stone will reach. Something like that. You know my okay, thoughts on that. <laughs> okay, so something like that, then you are going to need, you know, something that's really concrete outside the ear of the mind. But beyond that, bare, bare minimum, as least least amount of miniatures as possible. Yeah, I, um, Heathen Dog scenario that he put there, it, while it does make sense and does come up, I can't stand that. Because you're not a fucking tape measure, <laughs> unless you have the Earth on spell triangulate. Uh, yeah. You are not. You are not a tape measure. You don't know if you can if you can uh, bind it from there to there. Uh, my favorite one that I say that people are probably sick of hearing me say is like in third edition and fifth edition D and D. Yeah, fourth edition I suppose as well. They have these templates that they cut out. So I can stand in this square right here and literally one inch away. The fireball ends right here, so I'm perfectly safe. The fuck you are. It doesn't go from 10,000 degrees to zero in, in, a, in a millimeter. No, no. Um, I handle that much differently. Like, uh, I want to throw my fireball there so it only hits three, these three people. Okay, well, throw it out there where you think it's only going to hit those three uh, uh, orcs, right? Uh, this character's pretty close. Okay, it goes out this far. Boom, you throw it to that spot. It goes out this far. I need Heathen Dog to make a saving throw. But I didn't want to hit him. I know you didn't want to. Heathen Dog, roll your save. Did you make it? No. Didn't make it? Okay, take half damage. Thanks. Now, you didn't take full damage, but... No. no. You know, standing one inch away from a blast furnace is not healthy for you. Right. So, So, there you go. This is why I don't like the gridded combat, but again, when you go to, you know, what those kind of uh, wargaming rules. Now, remember, he's saying this about the dungeon master. Yes. Own multiple sets of dice. Fair think so well let's see i don't know if i'm gonna agree with this one players that are just starting out really only need one set of dice eh, not one few, full not, set not the it, bullshit set that they that they say is a full set nowadays yeah a full set always comes with 3d6 yes or or more or more um however as a dungeon master you do a lot more rolling than a player uh, a lot of games are getting away from that now 
And I hate that because, yes, I think that Dungeon Master should be rolling. You roll multiples of one kind of die for many monsters all at once for the damage being inflicted. Okay. Yeah, it's fair. While you could only have one set of dice, it would take you longer to roll everything you need to. Owning at least two or three sets will make the process more efficient, not to mention nothing strikes playful fear into your players than seeing you shake a huge fistful of dice yes. ready to decide the character's fate. I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, I'm, I'm on, on board, board too. I thought this was going to go a different direction. Nope, it went, it went just the right way. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. good. I thought it was going to go in, uh, not all players will have dice and it's your responsibility You're to bring it It's your responsibility to loan it to the player. No, it's not. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Definitely not. Okay. Stay organized. I hope you're watching chat. Sorry, I've, I've been... Stay organized. At this point, it's abundantly clear that there's a lot going... Hey, good on you for actually writing a lot as two words. Going on, when you assume the role of a dungeon master and it can be difficult to focus, one thing that'll make the experience more fun is if you stay organized. Keep your materials as consolidated as possible rather than on loose pieces of paper. Eh. I'm kind of guilty of the loose pieces of paper. But thing. yeah, that, that's why I like sticky notes because, you know, they stay put. You know what I do? I, st I put sticky notes on loose pieces of paper. Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. As mentioned in tip four, a large separate notebook would be most helpful. In one section can be your event notes. Another. Oh, I was going to talk about that. Uh, something I want to bring up. Uh, another can have town notes and so on. Following tip three is good as well, so you can easily find your monsters for session encounters. Above all, organize in a way that makes sense to you. Okay, this one was just to pat it because it's yeah. just referencing a lot of other tips. This is just padding stuff we already agreed with. I agree. So I, I, um, I, I give no points. There is one thing I wanted to, to mention, though. Uh, one of the things that I do, and Heathen Dog may remember this, is yes, I write my notes down. But I expect the players to write notes as well. Yes. Uh, every player is going to write notes differently. Remember the old days of Dungeons and Dragons? You had a caller. You had a cartographer. I'm not writing a map on a... I'm going to tell you what their stuff looks like. Now, I don't necessarily believe in that completely, but I'm just saying. You have a role in this as a player. And one of the things that I, I also give out experience for it as well is if you write down the happenings of the last session. By the way, I don't need a 17-page fucking you know, novel Treatise. on, on yeah. what happened. Enough to... Uh, uh, important names, places, events that happen, and whatnot. And it's what's funny is Heathen Dog will write it down, and Garthon will write it down, and they might write down differently. <laughs> I'm not talking completely factually differently, but from the perspective of the characters especially, it could be a little different. This sucked. This happened. Oh, this was so amazing. This happened. As long as the this happened part is there, I'm good. So while I do write my notes and I do keep track of what's going on to the best of my ability, I also have the players do it as well. And so I don't, you can get into the headspace of the character that way or the players that way as well. Yeah. Now, if the, the player's like, oh, I didn't write much. I just said uh, attacked by orcs. I got uh, a helm. Okay. You're probably not going to get, you know, any bonus experience points. <laughs> if you're out there saying, ah, so we started off in the town of, of, uh, I, you know, me and names. Like, <laughs> okay. Sound of town of Freeport. Uh, we traveled for two days here. During that travel, I learned that heathen dog uh, doesn't like bugs. And then uh, we were ambushed by the orcs, but we, we killed them. I had to use two healing spells to, to get heathen, heathen dog because, you know, he was surprised. But, uh, but, uh, Sheriff's was fine, you know, whatever. Just something in there that kind of tells you, you know, the step-by-step -step events without getting too deep. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Or, or you can go this way. 
Complete log with timestamps, everything said. Wow. <laughs> every roll made with the result. Wow. Uh, you, no. you record every session and pay a stenographer to, right. to type it up. Yep. So yeah, yeah that, that one is just, uh, I don't even count that one because it's just a couple of other ones we've already done rehashed into this. So whatever. And you know what? I've, uh, we have a couple start. I'm just going to add this to the start list. We'll get to it in a little bit. All right. Be prepared to improvise. Hmm. Okay, yeah. I mean, I don't disagree, but it seems like padding again. What do you think? Yeah. The best thing about Dungeons and Dragons is that it's an interactive story to, uh, telling experience between you and your players. A living choose your own adventure story. Okay. Okay, you know what? Uh, Half marks. Yeah. Due to the fact that you're playing with three or more God, what is it with people only playing with three? If you do not have a party of six people, you're going in with a detriment. It's just weird to me. But due to the fact that you're playing with three or more other people, there will be a lot of ideas thrown around the table, and some of them might just change the course of events. True. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, that the, the, they'll think it will, but it really won't. But whatever. Well, I would That's let true. it change the course yeah. of events. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in addition, sometimes characters die in a bout of unexpected bad luck or get extremely lucky and manage to annihilate what should have been a long fight. Man, didn't we talk about this last week? We talked about this last week, yeah. Hey, I'm not going to put a card up in that corner there because I don't do that anymore. But hey, you can check our video from last week on Are You a Bad Dungeon Master? And see what we said about that. When this happens, you as the Dungeon Master might have to think on your feet and then come up with consequences. Yeah, okay. Try to keep your imagination and mind open because anything can happen at the table. Mm. Anything's a bit definitive, but I'll, but I'll go with it. Half marks. I give it half marks. Yeah, I know it's written for five e. I don't believe in that four player nonsense. Six for me, I, five to seven. Six is my perfect amount of players. Me making the seventh person is seven players. Me being the eighth is kind of my max. Actually, that is my max. But uh, all right, here's the one that's going to drive Heathen Dog crazy. I can see it by the title already. And hey, I'm not, not talking no. about whatever the. As a game master, your most common retort is no. Say it with empathy. You'll be fine. Is this a bobblehead? What is this? I don't know. Okay. Say it's, yes. It's a, it's a bunch of kids drinking, which I don't think is right, but okay, whatever. Oh, they're Kender. Because remember, Kender have childlike looks. Oh, yeah, childlike bodies. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the many hats a Dungeon Master wears is that of quote-unquote rules referee. That's why a lot of games actually even call the Dungeon Master referee. It's a necessary role so that the game is played properly and fairly. That being said, sometimes your players or yourself will want to go against the rules or aren't... Okay, okay. bad sentence. Full stop. Go... Full stop. Yeah. You or... can go against the rules because you're the dungeon master. The players cannot go against the rules because you're the dungeon master. Okay, moving on. In fact, you adjudicate the rules by making house... <laughs> anyway, um... Go against the rules uh, that aren't covered. Okay. In cases like these, the best thing to do might be to throw the rules out the window and say yes. Okay. That is known as the rule of cool. Do you, what are your thoughts on the rule of cool? I don't like it. Okay. Your most, like I said, your most common response is game master is no. Just I will, I default to no if it's against the rules, but with a good rationale or my all time favorite. You know what? I don't think it's expected to be used this way. I don't think this is the intent of it. I don't want it to be the intent of my game because I think it's going to turn into a crutch if I do. However, with that said, 
You can do it this one time, have at it, enjoy it. But after this, it's not going to work like this again. I, I've done that. I think you you experienced that a few times. Um, yeah. In many cases, the rules are meant to act as guidelines and a referee. Oh, my God. And a referee when there are disputes. Okay. Uh, Mentis guy. Reference. 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 Oh, God, I can't read. That's my fault. Yeah, that's my fault. Yeah. And reference when there are disputes between players. Rulings over rules. I'm a firm believer in rulings over rules. I don't want a book with an encyclopedic knowledge of rules. I want a book that gives me the framework to do the right thing or to be able to make my own ruling. This is why I hate Pathfinder and third edition D&D so much. I don't need an encyclopedia to say, but if this happens on this weird occasion, just tell me. So I, in a way, why I kind of like 5e to some degree with the advantage disadvantage. You either are you either have advantage over the enemy because you put all these things into place, you're either rolling normally or you're rolling, you know what? You've got all these hindrances and it doesn't counteract like the one thing you might have done that gave you an improvement. Therefore, you're rolling a disadvantage. I'm not saying it's a perfect rule. I'm just saying I like it conceptually because I'm not worried about every plus one, plus two, minus three. Like just advantage, normal, disadvantage. So conceptually, I like that. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, just uh, if you keep going to the last thing. So say yes and improvise to make it work. Remember the whole point of playing D&D is to have fun. The whole, yeah, the whole point of playing the game is to have fun. You're right. But players cannot have fun if the rules keep changing. They are not going to feel like they're having fun. They're, they're, they're going to feel like they've been bamboozled. A rule is one thing one day and then um, works differently another day. No one likes that kind of uncertainty in their life. So I'm going to have to go new. Yeah, there, there does need to be some internal consistency, but this highlighted line here, I didn't read either. However, sometimes everyone will have an idea that's just too funny. I hate funny. Okay. Remove the NY on that. Yeah. Just Remove too fun funny, or epic. But epic. Okay. Yeah. It's just fun or epic to pass up. Yeah. You know what? Okay. You know, I I have done stuff like that. Like uh, uh, let, let people try something that normally that normally they wouldn't be able to do because they framed it in such a way mm-hmm. that that made it plausible in the moment even though outside that moment it would normally be impossible damn because you said that i have to start another comment okay <laughs> all right um there was something in here i wanted to directly uh, guidance reference so, so i like internal consistency I like to be able to tell the players, yes, uh, but I'm not just going to do it because a player, because players can rationalize anything in their own noodles, especially when rationalizing something from the 21st century to make happen in, you know, a, a 10th century game. Yeah, yeah, that, that's always a bad time. Never, never, never allow that to happen. And remember, the whole point of playing D&D is to have fun. I hate that fucking cop-out answer. The whole point of anything that's entertainment Watching a movie, reading a book, whatever is to have fun. That's, but part of having fun is respecting the traditions and respecting the rules of the game. If you don't like the rules of a game, go play a different one. If you don't like the rules of any role-playing games, then don't be in this hobby. Checkers is for you. Checkers is for you. Um, this is, this is number two, right? Okay. Before we do number one, let's read comments. (laughs) Let's see what he got here. Max is my spirit animal. Hates PDFs. Loves Earth Done. There you go. Get a t-shirt. <laughs> Max is my spirit animal with his face on it. Oh, I'm making that now. <laughs> Wasn't Darth Theic the one that was that uh, uh, I was going to make Faye is gay? <laughs> 
uh, I have half a document box filled with dice. I just put, you can see a lot of my dice bags down there right now because I was pulling them out so I could find my jumbo dice. I'm done with those Hyperborea dice. They were like crap. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you know that, uh, that uh, Marlboro points bag that I, that I had 20 mm -hmm. years ago? Yeah, I still have it. It's behind the sheet. That's where all my dice are. Nice. <laughs> the marble points. I remember that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that also lets you know uh, what caught the player's attention. Uh, so this is a talking about, uh, you know, writing down like what happens throughout the adventure. Right, right. I, I agree completely. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I used to use that in uh, in my World of Darkness campaign when I asked you guys to mm -hmm. to uh, to write one down thing you learned. in character what happened to you and, and what you thought was important. And then I would read that and I would I give the excuse to I'm going to give you more experience points if you if you if I think you did well. But partly what I'm doing also is learning what you thought was important. Did you get what I was throwing down? Did you pick it up? And sometimes you didn't. And the next game, I'll have to reemphasize that. Yeah. Yep. Heathen dog and empathy. Yeah, not happening. Oh, <laughs> I'm not a sociopath. I do have. Empathy. I don't know. I just I... have the ability to turn it off. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, players don't want you to play fair. They just want you to give to them about, oh, give in to them, about, in to everything. them yes. about everything. Yes. That's what, yeah. I mean, players are like small children. They are sociopaths. The world begins and ends in their own head. Yeah. And, so and I hate agreeing with Heathen Dog on that, but he's right. Yeah, they, they only care about themselves. So <laughs> if you start giving them everything, they're going to take everything, and then you're going to have nothing. Do you know who, to me, of, of my friends, I'm not talking about assholes I played with and people I don't like anymore, but of my actual friends, do you know who the two worst for me are when it comes to, it comes to this comment right here, where I don't want it to sound derogatory like this, but they gave me the most shit because of their rationalizations that they who? thought couldn't be refuted? Uh, well, I don't know if Bob is a former friend or a current friend, but Bob used to do that a lot. He would... He would try and rationalize everything to get something that he he, he wasn't successful though. Well, hey, you didn't say I, successful. I know, I know, I know, fair, but but but, uh, but where I actually had trouble saying no to you, Al, you, yep. Al Al is is very convincing, so it's hard to say no, and 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 feel like you have a you have a foot to stand on at the end. But yeah, especially when no. he backs it up with all his science and all that nonsense. At exactly. some point, you, you just gotta say, to say no. Yeah. yeah, you still and, have to say no. You just you, he just succeeded in trying to make you feel bad. Yeah, and, and no. succeeded is the, is a, the other yeah. one you don't know him, but uh, is Von Zark, and Von Zark and Al actually argue very similarly. Mm. It is here's the scientific fact, here's how it relates to the rule, here's why I can think about this even in the 10th century, and you're like, but you would totally just change the way the game plays. No, I can't let you get by with that. But it makes it sorry, but your character wouldn't think about it. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh it, it was tough it was definitely tough uh legion myth i do not allow players to ask me for rule specific things i want to roll with x skill no fuck you <laughs> tell me what you want to do i'll tell you when and what to roll i try to do that try yeah. but here's the pro there's a problem go, go ahead you go first you well no the, the whole problem is that uh max and i both both uh tell the characters that they have to know all their skills all their powers all their spells all their things they have to know them inside and out to know when to use them properly and because of that i don't so they know they have this skill they can use they know they have this power they can use they know they have the spell that they can cast and it will be it will be good for this for this environment this situation this whatever 
And that's what I want. That's what I want. I want them to know their character. I want them to know their abilities. I want them to know when to properly use them. So I don't have to. There's one other problem that comes into this, and it's one that I, I do, again, I do agree with Crafty. I try to do this, but here's where the failing comes in. Okay, let's go back to what you're talking about before, your wall of force, right? I want my wall of force to go from, from that wall to that wall. I need to stop the horde from coming coming through. Okay, you cast the spell, humana, 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 and the spell doesn't have a second wall to, to bind to. Anchor to you, like, what? I wouldn't have cast it then. And sometimes that's a hard thing to say. Would the character have known that? And maybe that's a bad example, but would the character have known to do this? I wouldn't have fired the arrow if I would have known that the that the enemy would see it. I wouldn't have fired. I wouldn't have cast the fireball if I'd known it would have hurt him. I would. And there's a, there's a tough thing in there where it's like, you know what? Actually, it makes sense. The character would have known that. On the yeah. even though I don't usually lean in that direction, I usually lean in the direction of fog of war analysis paralysis shell shock or your adrenaline whatever all those things kick in but i i would say like you know darian's real close to to the end of your fireball or those two anchor points you're not exactly sure how far apart they are you don't know if your spell is going to make it and if they do it anyway it's on them yeah it's on them but I let them know that they don't know the exact numbers in the situation. Now you, you, you keep saying their earth on wizard spell triangulate gives you the exact numbers in those situations. So you would know yep. at that point. Yeah. You know, exactly. But, uh, but you have to waste that, a full, at least one full round yeah, yeah. to cast it, it. Yeah. It's, it's a non-threaded spell, so you can cast it right away, but it's, that's a round. You're not doing anything else, yep. you know, but for casting a fireball and it's possible effects, you may want to blow that round, you know, like uh, just to be sure, you know, just to be sure. Okay, I get it. But yeah, I I, I give a eh, little hint. You're not a hundred percent. But but to be and fair, what do they do with the information? I don't know. They make that's the other thing is how clear the information was out there. Because sometimes it's perfectly clear up here. I get what I'm saying, but you didn't see it the same way I do. Now, with that said, I don't like character or players when they say, "Can I do this?" Yes or no? I don't know. Roll. I mean, what? what is it? You know, I mean, I, I call for the rolls, yes. But my point being is like, um, can I swing from a vine from one tree to the next tree while shooting down at the orcs that are below us while holding on to the treasure in this arm? You can try. It's always a chance that you can try. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want the players going, can I do this? I want them to say, hey, this is what I this is what I'm going to do. This is my, this is the intent of what I'm doing. And if it crosses the line, like, no, you just literally no, can't you do literally all. need three arms to complete that action. So no. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that, that's when I'll kick in. So I get what, I get what he's saying. And let me put another one on. This is the one that I started also. Uh, so I'll tell my players, try, I'll give them the skill or ability check, but it might not work that well, but they can certainly attempt it. And, and I agree wholeheartedly with this. I have no problem with someone thinking outside the box. Again, no problem with this at all. Like I said, there's that one caveat, though, of when you get the players like, I wouldn't have done it if I knew I had a 50% chance of failure. Well, I mean, you know what? Even coming out of your mouth, everyone at the table was like, wow, that's pretty out there. So <laughs> you're the only one who didn't realize your action had a low chance of success. You really, is that what you're saying? Well, I can do it myself. Want me to show you, you know, <laughs> I love that well, one. 
you aren't your character. We, we've talked about this problem that other people have. You are not your character. Your character cannot do the things you do and vice versa. So, sorry. Right. Your, your logic holds no water. Exactly. I mean, all, all told, um, I mean, I'm not going to play everybody's comment that's, that's talking about that, uh, that subject. I get what you guys are saying. I'm putting out there food for thought for people. So um, the only time I say yes for my players is when they give me a lore friendly and Olympic length explanation. <laughs> like this well, is actually based on what you said. Game. I don't want to hear an entire, you know, thesis <laughs> on, on why this is possible in the middle of a game. All right. After, after a game is over, you know, if, if it's still relevant, explain to me why, but in the middle of the game, I don't need you to, to take more than 10 minutes to convince me you can do something. If it takes you more than three to five minutes to convince me something's possible, you failed. In the game. After the game, talk to me all you want. You know, if it's still relevant, I might let it go. But letting hearing you talk 10 15 minutes trying to convince me of something that's 10 15 minutes of the player's time that you just stole and they're not getting back so oh, the, the one that drove me crazy that al did was when he was uh giving me the dissertation on the different colors of lasers and actually what influences them <laughs> like I, I remember that and i'm like it doesn't matter it's like but this is a green laser so that's gonna, I was like i don't care <laughs> that's not a uh, mechanic in the game all right number one Consider having a practice run. What? I'm confused. All right, keep going. Uh, okay, it's just three paragraphs. Sorry. Being a dungeon master takes a lot of hard work and practice to get the hang of it. Yeah, experience is the best teacher. Sure. So if you're a little nervous about taking on this role, try having a practice run. You could write up a short adventure of your own, or you could try... God, learn your commas, dude. Even I'm bad at commas. I'm better than this. Or you could try running the beginner set published by the makers of D&D, The Lost Minds of Fandelver. Is that a beginner set? I hear so many people talk about that. I thought that was like some sort of epic campaign. Um, this starter adventure is very simple, short, and contains step-by-step -step instructions to help you DM and support new players. Or, uh, or, or you could buy a simple rescue off of Big Geek Emporium or LegionMyth.tv, which is an introductory adventure for both players and game masters for Forbidden Lands. Like and subscribe and, and buy it, our merch. It actually has guidance, introductions, and so forth for the game master as well. There it is. But a module, he already talked about modules. This is just it. He, I mean, the, oh, the, oh, if you want to practice, use the, use the, use the, you know, pre-made adventure. It's called a module, dumbass. You already talked about it earlier. You get no points for this. Cause again, you're referencing stuff you already said. Yeah. The practice, I think the practice, run, um, so crafty does something. Cause I saw him post it on our discord. He does something very similarly to what I do. When I'm going to run something I've never run before. I find some other person like when I was at Ramstein, we do it in the office, you know, in, in between things that we were working on. And I would just practice combat. I had practiced social mechanics. I had practice, you know, whatever coming up, um, the, the journeying side of it, you know, specifically I'm talking about forbidden lands. Cause I remember doing that in the office there. And we, we actually ran through it a few times until we were comfortable with it. I do that with pretty much any game. I mean, I'll do it by myself if I have to, but I like to do it with other people because then I can focus on this and have that person focusing on the player side of it. So running a one shot as somebody put in chat there yep it's uh, just a module it's just a module just run a module yeah that's it 
a, a module will tell you everything to say. It'll tell you whenever die rolls happen, uh, you know, behind, behind the scenes, it'll, it'll give all your enemies where they are, what they can do. You know, it's just run a module, man. That's it. Yeah. What, whatever. And this goes back to a couple of the previous one, whatever makes you more confident as a dungeon master game master, do it at the same time, ultimately running the game for years. Remember when we said that stuff about Ginny, yeah. what's your nuts? Um, running the game for years will be your your best teacher best also teacher. Yep. playing in other people's games to see how they yes. do it this talks about the good and the bad right right the the more games you play with the more uh, game masters you play under and and playing different systems is only going to help you be a better game master only going to help you be better people who say oh if you play different systems you're not mastering any of them no every single game system while not directly correlative to every other one will give you experience that will help you in every other gaming mechanic that you that you go into it'll it'll give you more knowledge more more breadth of experience will will actually deepen your experience overall but again, right, well, he gets no marks for this one because it's just running run a module. I already said that. So out of this 14, it's actually actually nine or ten. Yeah. What what are you what are your thoughts about it at, at, as a whole in terms it's not of garbage? Let, let me, let me garbage. read the title again. 14 tips for a first time dungeon master. It's not garbage. You know, there are there are some there are some nuggets of gold in there. There are some things that I there are like there are only like three or four of them that I emphatically deny as as real. But everything else, he gets at least half half marks on, you know. So, this is actually one of the better things you've shown me, which is shocking. I, I know Chat's talking about that adventure, so I'm not arguing about that. Just in a general principle, I hate milestones. I think that's lazy game mastering. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, then uh, I think we can get ready for segment three. But I have to do proclivities because I didn't do it at the beginning, so I'm going to do them quickly now. Good. I have to use the heathen doctor again. So you do proclivities while I do that. All right, sounds good. Uh, as soon as I find them, there we go. Everybody's already stopped watching the video now, so this isn't going to matter anymore. <laughs> if you refer to the description below, you can find links to various Legionist sites, our social media, Discord, merch, etc. Please check those out. Join us and enjoy the swag. Join us Thursdays and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of amazing lackeys, heroes, adventurous boomers play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment on fridays and sundays stop by legion of myth youtube channel where we live stream fundamentals and overviews of tabletop role-playing games and provide opinions and commentary on the ttrpg hobby as a whole please like and leave a comment on this video both help the channel immensely and if you have not done so please subscribe to legion of myth and finally we believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds and that the focus of your tabletop group should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop community are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural organic inclusion, not forced diversity. And oh yeah, we have comments from last week's episode where we talked about are you a bad game master? So when Heathen Dog comes back, I'll probably have to cut this little portion out of the video later. <laughs> when Heathen Dog comes back.
we'll talk about your comments. So let me put the segment two thing back. We forgot, yeah. we forgot comments. What well, wouldn't we say forgot comments. Oh, dang it. Okay. Well, we got three of them. We got, I, I, it was right. hard. There were a ton of comments from last week's uh, video on, are you a bad game master? So let me full okay. screen that bad boy. And Let's see the curated ones. I picked three and I tried to pick three that were different concepts. Okay. So here we go. Share the screen again. All right. Last week's segment two is, are you a bad game master? Well, here we go. So Cultist Four says, when I as a player notice that I have plot armor, the game becomes a lot less fun. Without the fear of death, there's no reason to act with caution or common sense. I can just rush into fights with no fear of injury. Yeah, that's bad. Yep. And I, I made that mistake in our in our mage game. I, I gave uh, I gave Al plot armor. You did? Well, yeah. did, did, did I have plot armor? Because I felt like no. it. No, really? you didn't oh, have okay. plot armor. You, you, you could die and the world would keep spinning. But uh, but uh, uh, Garthon's character, I needed him to get to the end, and that's a that's um, that's a mistake. A specific character should never need to live. To be fair, when I joined, but I don't know what Bob's thoughts were because I think right at, no, I was there for a couple times while he was there, and I also don't know what uh, Sharis's uh, thoughts were in this. But like for me, I knew that was the case going in because I joined that campaign a little later. Yeah, I knew that going in. So I guess it didn't bother me yeah. because I, I knew that no matter what was going to happen, that he was the crux. He was the, the focal point of, yeah. of the setting. So, yeah, he was, he was, he was the nexus point of the plot. You know I mean? Uh, mm. it, it's, it, it's kind of like one of those people in history that the world just kind of follows, like they go one way and the universe tends to follow their direction because of whatever charismatic or, or uh, ability they have. That's what I imbued into into Garthon's character, and I shouldn't have done it. It was lazy. I shouldn't have done it, but I did. And, did was uh, that not the plan at the beginning? Because, like I said, I came into it. Was, it like, yeah, no, it, it, it was the plan. It was. I the mean, plan. if everybody you know, knew, that's that's the way it is. I, I if, if I if I were to do it again, I would I would do it differently. Hmm. If he survived, great, that'd be awesome. If not, then someone else would have to would have to you know be able to hold up the banner. You know. If I knew that that was supposed to be, say, like like with the Earth Dawn campaign, it's supposed to be two or three years or something like that, yeah, that would piss me off. But I, I literally thought that the whole point of playing this was for was moving was to move forward uh, Al's position in that story. I, that that's just the way I understood it to be. That's why it didn't bother me. I also knew that the game wasn't going to last two three years. It was yeah. meant to just go through this. I don't know. Yeah. Like normally, I wouldn't like that, but in your version of it, it didn't bother me. Okay. Kevin Sullivan says, Boromir died. Tolkien killed a player character. I guess that's one of the reasons Water hates the actual Lord of the Rings in Middle-earth. I have no trouble killing a character if the player does stupid things. Especially if I or another player says, are you sure you want to do that? Aren't those yeah. always famous last words? Always, verse? always, always the case where, where a, a player character will basically kill himself even though the game master says, are you sure? That's that's the black flag of radioactive nonsense right there. If the game master says, are you sure you want to do that? That's plot armor in and of itself. The, exactly. That is all the plot armor you need. That is all the all the reason to say, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not anymore. No, I'm not sure anymore. 
<laughs> maybe on second and third thought i'm going to recant what i said a moment ago yeah exactly <laughs> and comment number three never fudge it's cheating oh. period oh. roll in the open like players do don't roll unless you want a random outcome i responded right, to well, this one but i'll let you go the first. thing is the thing is though dice are fickle you know for and against they they are they are fickle little bitches, and sometimes where uh, you know you want to you you have to roll because you you want randomness in the encounter. But for example, uh, you're you're there's a there's a five percent chance that uh, that that the that uh, all the players will die, and you roll you roll your d one hundred and it comes up at three. Do you really want all your players to die? No, you want some of them to die. Some of them are going to die. I rolled an out three. Someone, someone's going to bite it. Someone's going to see their maker today. But it, all of the characters, sure, you can go by the rules and do that, but that that's going to you know stop your game. That that's a game stopper right there. You're you're, you're done for the day. Now got to make all new characters. Do you really want to do that, or? Like everybody else who's who's been a game master, you go behind a screen and you roll it and you fudge it a little bit. You know, someone's gonna die. Doesn't have to be everybody. To still get the effect across that that you that you've done fucked up. But you know, I don't I I don't think that fudging is 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 a hundred percent bad. It's not hundred percent good either, but it's necessary sometimes. Depending on how the word fudging is being used, and I'm not trying to be pedantic, but I want to give two different case scenarios without going in. If you're fudging this scenario, I don't have a problem with it. Goes back to what we talked about last week with that horror, right? Like that's fudging a scenario. I didn't let the horror die. You guys needed to have that experience. And I actually got a bunch of comments in here supporting that or other game masters talking about how they've done the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, wasn't going to kill the players off because they'd already won, but they were so happy that I gave them that epic encounter instead of just saying, well, you technically killed it round one, so it's dead. Have a nice day. Um, the flip side of it is fudging dice rolls. I really had to think about this for a couple of days because a bunch of comments came in talking about the dice rolls. And it, it comes down to, is it combat, not combat, and so forth. So here, here's one. In combat, I don't fudge dice rolls. I just don't. Because I know that I give you it out as, as the players or as, you know, player characters. Whether you see it or not is up to you, but I know I give you an out. Where I will fudge is, let's say that I'm rolling for a random encounter somewhere, and it just comes up with something nonsensical or something I don't want to deal with. Yep. Yeah. I'll fudge that. New dragon. Out. No. <laughs> They're level what? Four? No. Well, even that, like, if you're out in the woods I'll and I roll a green dragon, there might be a green dragon. It doesn't mean it's standing 10 feet from you and you have an encounter now. It might be flying overhead or something, make you think about it. If it just absolutely doesn't make sense, I'll, I'll fudge that roll and do something else, right? Or maybe I have some setting-specific things that I've kind of replaced them with or whatever. I don't find it to be cheating unless you're doing it to... Uh, I, get malicious. at somebody like uh, maliciously or if, or if the flip side cater to somebody oh yeah yeah I, either way either way is bad you know cater to a single character or be malicious toward a single character that is wrong and you're, that's you're much more succinctly than i would have said it so that, yeah, that you're, yes you're spot on be an arbiter 
and you're supposed to be impartial yep. to each specific character. But when it comes to team wipes on a die roll, number one, I wouldn't want to roll that. But if if the if the game required me to roll and it came up came up snake eyes for the entire group, and it's a, it's a team wipe that they had nothing, they had no no idea or or no reasonable way to see coming. That's just a game stopper right there. I mean, you're you're done for the day. And why would you want to do that? You know, someone's going to die. Doesn't have to be everybody. Roll in the open like players do. Not a Never. fucking chance in hell. Never. I am. I am not a player. I am a game master. You don't get to see what God does. <laughs> you only get to see the effect. There, uh, now, my reasons for this. Now, you've seen me roll in front of you guys before when it's really epic and like, okay, guys, you know, it's about to happen here. Whatever, I'll do that to have some fun. But I roll for many reasons that are outside the scope of the of the players. It's, you know. When do reinforcements arrive? What, what is what is the weather like tomorrow? Exactly. Maybe I'm they're, just they're rolling to make to you that. nervous. Yeah, they're not allowed to know that morale checks for for the for the NPCs. You're you're not allowed to know that. You know uh, how how many how many arrows does he have in his quiver? Unless you count them, you don't know that. You know you, you're not. There's some things the players cannot know. That's that's why the screen exists. Yeah. Don't roll unless you want a random outcome. I generally agree with that. But how about this? Yeah, generally, what 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 if I don't want a random outcome of twenty options? I only want a random outcome of fifteen options. I don't like the 20 that are on there. It's my game, my rules. I take five of them off. Yeah. I, I can see, again, I generally agree with that. Generally. But I can see, you know, yeah, conceptually, let's put this, conceptually, yes. You only roll when it's meaningful and the chance of, uh, meaningful chance of success or failure and there are consequences to that success or failure. Right. Otherwise, it's there's no impactful. point. Right. Oh, there's no point in rolling. Just say yes or no. Typically, yes. You know, you kind of want to earn the side of the player, the characters in that one. But yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, I, I'm I'm hoping that his comment here was directed towards combat. And in that, I can actually look at what he said in face value, with the exception of yeah. rolling in the open, and say, I, I get, I I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down. Right. But there's so many other aspects to rolling than that that I can't agree with this fully. I mean, yeah, I get it. I get it. In 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 combat, where the where the players wanted to engage in combat, you get what you get, right? I mean, you roll yeah. what you roll, you get what you get. But uh, out of combat, you know, someone could have just a string of bad rolls, or people could just have a string of bad rolls that that would technically should should get them booted out of the kingdom. But you fudge a roll behind your screen to to make sure they're not booted out of the kingdom for bad, just dumbass luck. I don't want that to happen. You know, if if they get booted out of the kingdom, I want them to choose it to make that mistake on purpose. Not not get bad NPC rolls three times in a row and then they're put in jail. Like, so, so, Ma so Malachi, for me, I just think it sets a bad precedence. I mean, I'm not telling you what to do at your table, but for me, yeah, if you I'm... roll something in open and something not, you know, whenever you don't roll in the open, they're gonna think something's up. Oh, and that's that's my la that's the last comment I'll make on this. If the players don't trust me as the dungeon master, then they shouldn't be at the table anyway. Yeah. All right. Any final comments on that? Because so now now we really get to go into segment three. Yeah. All right. Let's do segment three. This episode's long again. <laughs>
I'm gonna type. I'm, next time, I'm gonna find five things, not fourteen things, to talk yeah, about. Fourteen is much. Yeah, put the link in chat. All right, for segment three, you know the rules. Follower, subscriber. By the way, I did see. Was it uh, Arcalian to uh, 2019 <laughs> swapped over from Twitch to uh, to YouTube? YouTube uh, yeah. uh, be follower, subscriber. Pithy, one topic or anecdote, and I promise you, we're going to be rude today. Pardon me. But we're going to cut you off. You're getting your one. You're getting a response and maybe a quick follow up. And then we're done. <laughs> uh, and then uh, watch the language. Don't go there. You guys know the deal. So uh, got the link. Go ahead. Join us. Give us your questions, comments, concerns about anything Nightbane or uh, what it means. Basically be, being a beginner game master. Yeah, Beginner game master. Anything Nightbane at all. Any any question about Nightbane, I will try to answer. I still have the PDF in front of me. I will try and find it right away for you or you know any nuance nightbane nuance or i'll even go so far as to mixing it with other other palladium systems like it's supposed to do <laughs> kevin says you're supposed to no he didn't say supposed to it says he said it's okay to it's okay to no it's not <laughs> just remember just because you can doesn't mean you should yeah exactly the, the artist has no control of how you perceive the art <laughs> all right so take that Nobody? Dude. Sweet. I know today it looks like that. You okay. know what? That's Don't fine. have to worry about highlighting out the segment three. That's good. <laughs> give it. We'll give it a minute or so for somebody to pop in. Somebody feels sorry for us. Actually, don't but, don't feel sorry for us because uh, you know we're at four thirty already. My time. So you know. You know, you know what? You know what's going to happen in, uh, next week when I when I roll up uh, uh, the nightbane. What I'm going to get is the goddamn uh, female privilege again. I'm going to get a physical beauty of like twenty. And then I'm I'm gonna get yeah, like, like no the, powers, the lowest SDC rolls possible, strength of four, PE of two, I can't have two, three, and then I'm 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 and, and, and instead of getting an awesome, cool looking like insect or bird head or whatever, I'm gonna get the 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 beauty one that's not gonna give me shit. It's just gonna make me prettier. I oh, think God. you're just gonna be a gray blob. You're gonna be like, uh, it's the gray blob over there, the clay man. <laughs> There you go. All right. Well, you know what? I think uh, I think we're done. I'm not going to wait much longer. Everybody had a chance. Uh, the link's been out there on both sides for a while. This is is this the first time we've been stood up. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. I'm cool with it. That that just means no one has anything to add or take away. Everything was perfect. This piece of art is oh, done. Oh, God damn it, Hawkman. You took away our, you took away our love. <laughs> All right. What you got, Mark Hawkman? Uh, I was just wondering, is there any actual connection between the vampire intelligences and the um, Night Lords? N uh, no direct connection that they've put in the book, but both are related to alien intelligences. In, in their, in their uh, you, you can tell because of their natural form. The hmm. natural form of all alien, alien intelligence have three things in common. Big squishy blob, tentacles and at least one giant eyeball hmm. all alien intelligences in the natural form have those three things in common and vampire intelligences and night lords that's their shtick that's their natural form blob at least one giant eye and tentacles <laughs> now vampire intelligence also have a whole bunch of mouths and uh you know alien intelligence have a whole bunch of eyeballs on the ends of their tentacles but they all have that in common so they are related 
to alien intelligences, but alien intelligence don't necessarily get along together. You know, they don't really get along or, you know, distant cousins, three times removed, whatever. They don't care. They just want their own thing. So that's about it. All right. There we go. Thank you, Mark Hockman. Thank you. Uh Are you there? (laughs) Not anymore. Um, I'm being quick about it today. I was going to give him a chance to follow up, but apparently he he didn't. Uh, As a side note, since since, uh, we are going to end this now, for the sports balls people out there, sports balls, sports ball people, um, superstitions are real. I've really? been telling this to my wife for years. I have to watch the Vikings. Okay, it's my one last tie to Minnesota. I like my sports ball. Okay, I like my football. The Vikings were losing with a couple minutes left in the game. I don't know if you know this, but anytime you saw me looking down this way, I was looking at the Vikings game while he was reading the Nightbane book, and they were losing. There were a couple minutes left in the game. I said, "Fuck this," and I turned it off. Vikings won. And you didn't get to see it. And, or well, is it because you weren't watching? That's exactly it. Because I, I, I tell my wife this all the time. As soon as I start watching them, we can be up 35 to nothing. We'll find a way to fucking lose the game. As soon as I, yeah, if I'm watching, like, oh, I heard some great plays are happening. Oh, we fumbled the ball. Oh, we threw an interception. Oh, we got to set, you know, doesn't matter. I've got to stop watching the Vikings. But you know what? I can't. It's like, it's like a drug. <laughs> we won the goddamn game. I have to go back and watch the last three minutes of the game. There were two minutes, 24 seconds or whatever it was when I turned it off. All right, that's going to end the show for today. And just want to remind everybody, uh, this will lead after the theme song plays. It'll go right into Bruce's stream. So if you want to check out Bruce's stream, you can go there now. Tell him Legion Miss sent you, or it will take you right there. So uh, do you have any words of wisdom today, Heathen Dog? Let me get this crap on the Uh, screen. No, I mean, well, okay, here we go. All right. Um, First time, first time GM. Number one, make sure the entire group knows that. And number two, don't be afraid to run a predetermined adventure or a module. Mm-hmm. Modules are king for the very, very first, you know, for, for your first couple of times, modules will save the day. Players who, who don't like to, who don't like to run modules because there's too restrictive and too railroady. See rule number one, the, the GMs knew, and you knew that going in. So give a little leeway. Once, once he gets some experience under his belt, he'll be able to branch out, but until then ride it out, you'll be fine. 